podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 350th edition of the Boxing Asylum Nuttos podcast. I'm your host, Steve Wellings. Joining me on the call, we have Ozzy Smith, Andy Patterson, and Adam Smido Smith. Welcome to you all. Thanks, as always, for listening. Whether it's Sundays on Mixler, Mondays on YouTube, SoundCloud, or iTunes, or Fridays on Pornhub, good to have you here. A heavy-hitting show is expected tonight. We've got a guest coming on around half eight. That is John Ryder. will be telling us about his fight from the weekend. We've got big one-punch knockouts, scoring controversies. No doubt there'll be a few epic rants along the way. Questions, comments, guests, bell you of the weeks. A few sound clips as well, thrown in for good measure. Let's start off, though, shall we, over in America. Just checking up here where the hell it was. It was Las Vegas. I thought it was. I was thinking New York for a second, but it was Las Vegas. Deontay World, a rematch against Luis Ortiz. We'll start there, first of all. This isn't revolutionary thinking, but I picked Deontay Wilder by knockout last week, earlier than than the last time, because I felt that Luis Ortiz was just too old. I don't subscribe to the the talk that he's 60 plus, but I genuinely think this guy is like, say, 48, 49. That's a nice number for Luis Ortiz. I'm going to say he's 48 years of age. And this guy has a lot of ability and a really sharp boxing brain. Watch the footwork, watch the feints, watch the traps that he sets, Andy. He knows what to do, but I think that Ortiz... I am getting to a point here. His body just can't keep up over the longer distances. He was blowing a bit after the third round. Wilder knew what he needed to do to soften him up, make him work for those first six, then drop the axe, and that's exactly what he did. The opening probably came a round or two earlier than even he expected. But I think if you shave 15 years off Luis Ortiz, you'd have one hell of a fighter who could yeah. sustain a 12-round pace, and he has the, be- the beating of any of them. This version of Ortiz, Andy, he can't do that. Wilder knew it, Heyman knew it, the people behind the scenes knew it, and that's why they made this rematch. Yeah, I suppose it's a takeover as well. Um, I think, I, I kind of fully recall, but I think I was pretty much spot on with what I was saying last week, how it would go. Um, I don't know if I got the right... Um, the round right or whatever and stuff, but it was, um, can we just say, the, the end, and okay, I had him behind, um, he's just he's just patient, as I say, is that the, the guy is as is, is serious and as dangerous from the first second to the first round to the last second of the 12th round, it doesn't matter, man, I mean, he's, he could be losing a fight, he could be pawing with a jab, he's just kind of looking for his opening, if he connects with you, and as I say to Osnat as well before the start of the show, you know, I don't think he actually caught Ortiz fully with the right hand. It looked like he kind of caught him with the kind of bottom half of the right hand. It didn't get full extension on it either. And he still knocked the guy out. Not so much knock him out. His facial expression, when, when, he, when he got knocked out, when, he, when the shot landed, his facial expression never never changed. As soon as he hit the floor, he's like, oh, what the fuck? You know, it was just it was like a bad night in the whiskey, man. When you know, Just looking at the guy when he's lying there, it was just, it was just a bad, bad knockout. <laughs> bad knockout. Um, yeah, I, I take everything you're saying about about the age and stuff, but you know, be real about it. Ortiz is going to cause any up and coming contender problems. So it was it was it was evident that he was going to cause. You know, we know what well there is. You know, technical wise, I know he's limited and stuff. He has shown improvements. Um, as I get again, as I say, he's dangerous. You know, first to the twelfth, patient. You know, he just never seems to kind of get flustered as such and that. But when he cuts loose, man, you know. Let's, we, we can have it straight as well, because there was question much about his chin, about his stamina, and that he's, he's passed that test. You know, he is what he is technical wise. He, he's going to pull by a jab. He's just going to look for that opening at all times. You know, and if he does land, but anybody, you know, apart from Fury, obviously, he's, he's just going to he's just going to take you out. Um, 
I've no one to get into like, the pay-per-view aspect things and stuff like that because that's just that's just boring we can just talk about the fight itself and that Wilder his post-fight comments and stuff you know I'm willing to respect what he's saying Yeah, he is one of, you know, at this point he is one of the hardest hitters at all times you know I'm not going to put him in like, absolute top pantheons and stuff like that but you know he's definitely somebody in the top 30 top 50 absolutely without question um, I guess we'd need to sit and break it down a wee bit on that, but um, Ortiz, age-wise, is obviously up for debate, but as I say, he's going to cause anybody problems and that, he's, he, he was in fantastic shape, um, really took it seriously, he had the proper training camp and stuff like that, there's no excuses, and uh, he just got done by you know, one of the, probably the hardest hitter in the sport at this point, um, emphatic knockout, and it's what you want, and he seems to be kind of Kind of sitting on now that the fact is he's, he's hoping for the Fury rematch in February and that. So it's, it's you know, both guys I think are freed up. I don't know if Fury's got any more obligations with the WWE or whatever, and that. But he's, um, you know, there should be no obstacles now for that fight to get made. You know, get that rematch made. Let Ortiz, Joshua get their shit at the rod and um, we can take it for there. Let's get that rematch made. Andy speaks for the majority of the boxing public, I would say. As I said before on this pod, I like Luis Ortiz. I know he's a big cheating bastard with the PEDs, but he has a charm about him. I've always warmed to him for some reason. He tried his best, and he mentioned the face there. I thought he tried his best to actually ride out the knockdown. He tried to make it look like he hadn't just been rewired. He attempted a confused sort of, why did they stop it face? But he was absolutely confused. He must have a decent chin, Andy. I know that sounds like a stupid thing to say, but within about 20 seconds... He seemed lucid enough, but obviously by that point, it's way too late. But he tried his best to ride it out, he I did, think, facially. He did try. Well, I think you know it was facially when he actually, before the right hand landed, he actually gave well, a cheeky wee grin, and then bang, the fucking right hand landed. Then he goes with that look on his face. It, to me, it was a kind of mini version of Berbit trying to go up against Tyson. You know, but as you say, a decent chin, but as I say, Welder well is just, if he detonates a shot like that, it's like, 90, probably 99% of the chances you're going to go like yeah, Hamid in the chat says Ortiz can take a shot but gets hit square on. Evening to Tosh as well, War Inoue, uh, Zoro Islam, Matthew Russell, few of the boys hanging around. No sign of Jason Chukwu just yet. I will inform you all, of course, as soon as Chukwu makes his evening appearance whenever he wakes up, Smido. No waking up for you. You're already pumped up and ready to go. Greg Crossover on Patreon asked you a question specifically. He said, Smido, how do you beat Deontay Wilder? Ortiz was outboxing him and I thought at one point Wilder looked hurt to the body. But give him enough time and bang! His right hand, Jesus, only if Ortiz went for it a bit more. When Wilder was tentative, I think you can get to him, but you have to do it early, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you can knock him out, but to knock him out and to get to his chin, you've got to take massive risks, and that that risk in regard to Wilder is uh, risking eating one um, in order to get to in order to get to his chin with the with the length of his uh, reach and stuff like that, and his his gangly nature. Um, you know that's that's difficult. That's difficult to do, but I think he can definitely be um, be knocked out. But it's like I say, you've just got to take massive risks to to get there. Um, there's no cute way of doing it. I just think you've got to eat punches and have a firefight with him and hope that you come out on top. And many won't. But I think um, you know we've seen him hurt before. We've seen him um, hurt by going way back to Eric Molina. I thought had him had him hurt a little bit. Um, uh, Fury um, a couple of times late on. Um, I thought Spilker caused him a little bit of trouble early, but you know none of them are massive punches. If you get him in with someone who who can punch, um, you know it might be it might be a different story. But he's sensational to watch. 
um, because you know the first few, the first few rounds of the fight weren't particularly exciting, and we've seen that in Wilder fights before, but uh, and again last night. But you know, like everyone at home and particularly in the crowd is just waiting for that bomb to go off, and when it goes off, it is sensational. Um, and as I think Wilder sums it up quite well himself, he says that people have to beat him, they've got to concentrate for thirty six minutes, but he's only he only needs two seconds, and the fight's over. Um, the only thing I would say um, on last night particularly, and I agree with Steve, everyone knew the script. Everyone knew that Ortiz, um, you know, tricky early on, can't keep it up for eight rounds, never mind 12. Um, and I thought Wilder kind of boxed last night as if he believed in his own hype in terms of the um, in terms of his punching power. You wouldn't want to see Wilder adopt that strategy, you know, um, for the rest of his career, particularly against people like um, like. Fury, where he, where really he should have got beat on the cards if it wasn't for the knockdowns. So he's he's clearly going to give rounds away if he elects to um, basically fight twelve, fight thirty six minutes in order to land one punch. Um, it could be a risky, could be a risky strategy going forward. But I think against someone with better stamina and more mobility, he will uh, he might box a little bit differently. But that said, against Fury. You know, most people, even with the knockdowns, a lot of people argue that Fury would have should have still won that fight. So, um, you know, is another one that might benefit from uh, from American judging judging um, in the past, similar to Mr. Canelo, even though he's not American. But yeah, just brilliant. Uh, and as Andy said, the um, he's knocking people out without even landing fully fully flush. And we've seen that more than a few times, not just last night. You know. Um, but you know, I mean, it just makes it mm-hmm. even more remarkable how Fury got off the got off the canvas. I, I only watched that that round back again today. Not only did he eat the right hand, Fury, pretty flush. I know he was trying to bend out the way, but he he ate a left hook as well, and he was on the floor. It was still on his back at seven. So yeah, it's just the it's the one we want to see. But I don't know. I'm just a bit I'm I'm skeptical whether to the Fury and Joshua uh, Fury and Wilder fights that happen in February. I hope it does, but I am Smido, stay stay sceptical, stay stay sceptical even if I can say it over there. I'm just going to bring our first guest of the evening in, Smido. You don't mind me interrupting you one second? Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Adam Smido-Smith, we've had to shut him up to welcome our first guest of the evening on the call. It's Liam Dillon. How are you, Liam? I'm good, thank you, man. How are you? Not too bad at all. We're just talking about Deontay Wilder. Did you manage to see his emphatic knockout of Luis Ortiz last night? I only saw the clip of the knockout on uh, on Instagram. I didn't watch the whole fight. Um, yeah, he, um, very, very good right hand put, put Ortiz over. I had a feeling he was going to do that anyway. Yeah, he's, he's, he's some puncher. Just looking up at your big fight coming up on November the 30th in the York Hall against Yusuf Kumari. How's the training been going, Liam? Training's been going fantastic. Um, best shape of I've been in physically and mentally. I'm I'm really looking forward to to getting in there and just uh, showing everyone what I've been working on, the improvements I've made. You you guys are very well matched. It would seem you both turned pro in 2017. You're currently nine and zero with two knockouts. Yusuf's ten and zero with three knockouts, and both of you guys stepped up in levels against the same fella, David Birmingham. You knocked him out in seven. Yusuf won in six. This looks like a bit of a fifty-fifty, maybe. Um, yeah, he's, he's built up as a as a fifty fifty fight. I mean, um, I've really upped the training for this fight. I know, I know, uh, YouTube's going to bring it. I mean, as you said, like we both come up together. We've kind of been circling each other. I've always had my eye on him. To be honest, um, seen a lot of his fights. I had a feeling it was going to happen one day, and uh, yeah, it's happening for the English title. And um, yeah, preparation's going very well, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. 
Yeah, you mentioned there when you beat David Birmingham, you took home the vacant English super featherweight title. That title will be on the line against Yusuf. How does that change the mindset, knowing that you're a champion of sorts and you are entering the fight with something to protect now? Um, well, um, I won the southern area of uh, David Birmingham. This is uh, the English title's vacant. Apologies. Yep, go ahead. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I've been in a championship fight. Uh, it's, it's new to Yusuf. It was a big, um, a different sort of experience fighting for a title. Um, like the build-up in that, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm, the English title's on the line. It's uh, it's another title I can add um, to my legacy, really. And uh, yeah, I think I'm really looking forward to this. Um, every fight you've had so far, including this one, will have been in the same venue, the York Hall, I suppose. If it works, then why change it? Um, yeah, well, it's local. It's it's easy to find. It's the train station. Everyone from here, from um, all my friends and family can get there very easily. So, um, yeah, there's no point travelling up somewhere far, making it difficult for people having to organise coaches and, and things. So, yeah, to all my friends and family who can't drive, it's perfect. Uh, just to remind our listeners, we have unbeaten prospect Liam Dillon on the call. Liam's 9-0 and fighting next Saturday. Any social media presences that anyone can follow you with, Liam? Uh, yeah, Instagram, uh, Liam Taz. And yeah, you can go on Facebook, find me under Liam Dillon. So we're just back to the show then, last couple of questions for you. It's a huge show. Credit to Steve Goodwin for putting it all together. You've got Linus Adofia, you've got Echo Esserman, Ryan Walker. Where do you fit in with the ecosystem of the card? So who's headlining? Do you know what time you'll be on at? Um, I think all the, the English title fights will kind of be like main, like all main events equal. I think, um, I think my fight's the only one with two Goodwin fighters on it. Um, both fighting like each other, so um, I don't know how the what, what, what's main event. I don't know the, the, the running order yet. That'll probably be released like um, two days before the fight. But yeah, it's a really good show. I feel like if I wasn't if I wasn't fighting on it, I'd like to go watch it. Very good fifty-fifty fights on the bill. Yeah, it's it's a really well put together show. We mentioned Steve Goodwin there. He's a good guy doing good things for grassroots boxing in the UK. So what what were your options when you turned pro? What made you decide to sign sign with someone like Steve? Um, my stable mate Matthew Charter signed was um, a fire of his at the time. He always spoke very highly of him. My coach Steve Kipps, he they, he spoke very highly of Steve Goodwin. Um, he put on some I've been to quite a few of his shows and he put on some brilliant shows and great fights. And yeah, I think he's won the. I mean, he's just won the award for the Southern Area um, Promoter of the Year. I think it is. And uh, yeah, he's he's really good, really nice bloke. Um, I can't say a bad word about him, to be honest. And he puts on great shows. Yeah, Steve Goodwin's a good guy. We've had him on. Just final one about your training setup. Then, so the guys who are training you used to train Ryan Rhodes back in the day. Is that right? No, they trained Jason Matthews, who boxed Ryan Rhodes. All right, okay. I'm making mistakes all over tonight. I must have taken a few many punches over the weekend, Liam. I do apologise. Tell me more. Um, Yeah, they trained Jason Matthews, uh, who won a world title, an ABA title, and uh, they trained Ian Napper um, for his uh, first world world title challenge, um, ABA champion. They they, um, they were head trainers, Steve's pockets were head trainers, Dan Crown and Manor. They've uh, trained uh, Matthew Chanda, Southern Area champion. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of experience there. I mean, they've trained fighters at, at world level. And, um, yeah, I feel blessed to have, have people like this in, in my corner. You certainly, certainly should be. Uh, final couple then, AJ Ruiz rematch going ahead in early December. Who do you think is going to win? Um, 
not sure we'd be saying this, but I, I, I'm, it's going to be a very interesting fight. I, I kind of edged towards Ruiz the first time. Mm. Um, I thought like the style, that short, come forward style, fast, explosive, um, high volume punching was going to give AJ trouble. Um, obviously, he knocked him down the first time. Maybe he can land that shot the second time and maybe put him out. But I'm really I'm looking forward to see how the tactics change of, of both fighters. I'm really I'm looking forward to that one. I think he is a, he is a 50-50 fight. What about the pay-per-view? It's gone up to £25. It's starting to get a bit dear now. It is, yeah. It's a bit annoying. But, I mean, I wouldn't want to miss that fight. That's That's the thing. That, I mean... If it was another pay-per-view show that had been on a while ago, if it was the first fight, I feel like I probably wouldn't have paid to watch it, but this is something I have to watch live. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Just finally then, what about Fury versus Wilder? If they get it on in a rematch, who do you fancy for that? <laughs> I mean, it, from the first fight, Fury proved that he can outbox Wilder very easily. He outboxed him 95% of that fight. Um, what really put... Um, Wilder on the score up on the scorecards was obviously the two knockdowns. So it shows that Wilder can hurt Fury, but Fury can outbox Wilder. So that's another one that's that, that's fifty fifty. I mean, watching that that fight was a very good fight. That was a brilliant last round. That's probably the round of the year, definitely. Um, but yeah, I feel like I, I can't call that one yeah, at all. I, I'm calling it. I think Wilder's going to knock him out this time. Uh, yeah, I, I can, I can kind of, see, I can see either thing. I can see Fury outclassing Wilder and outboxing him over twelve rounds, and I can, I can see Wilder knocking him out. But Fury took the cleanest shot off Wilder and took another one when he was on his way down and still got up. So he has got a chin and he's got heart, and yeah, it's, it's very, very interesting. But Wilder's that guy, he can change a fight in one punch. Yeah, he does He does say that you can outbox him, but it just takes him one opportunity. Liam, absolute pleasure yeah. having you on. Thank you for joining us on this Sunday evening, and best of luck next week against Yusuf. I uh, think you're going to get the job done. Remind us of your social media. Thanks very much. Good pleasure. Thanks very much, Liam. All the best now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Liam Dillon there. Yeah, apologies to Liam. I made a mess of a couple of them questions. I was... Being distracted, unprofessionally distracted. What was going on, boys? A few of the lads were saying that the uh, chat had stopped. It. To be honest, now everything seemed to be still working my end. You know, everything was flashing away as everything it should was fine, be. Mate. Any, was fine. Anyone lost me? No, yeah. everything was fine, mate. Was I it? checked it out. It's yeah, okay. it was fine. Excellent. Thanks to Liam Dillon there. And we shall move on. Smido, I cut you off in your prime. I do apologise for that. Uh, what were you saying? Was it interesting? Was... Is it worth repeating? No, I was finished, Steve. To be honest, it, it worked perfectly well. Great stuff, Ozzy. Let's bring you in then, shall we? Just before we bring on our second uh, guest of the evening. Uh, Paul Massingham jumped in with a question. That was on Callum Smith, John Ryder. So I'm going to put that to one side. Thanks for that, Paul. There was another question about Deontay Wilder from Gary Fortune. This is the one, Ozzy. He said, has any other world champion lost as many rounds as Wilder and reigned for this long? I had him down against Washington, down against Spilker, De Happers, Ortiz twice and Tyson Fury. Can't be anyone else who has lost so many rounds, but still stays champion with that right hand madness. Probably not. Um, and it's understandable because, as as you say, he he regularly 
gives uh, rounds away. I had him losing every round last night and quite comfortably as well. He struggled. I thought he got tagged quite often as well. And then the equaliser just came from nowhere because seconds before that, Ortiz was landing um, some excellent left hands at, at will. And then, yeah, from essentially from nowhere, bang, and it, it was lights out. And as you say, Ortiz got a bit, and he looked confused. It's like he didn't know where it had come from, what had happened. I mean, I've seen, um, I've seen that he's claimed that his head was clear and the the, uh, the count was a bit quick. That count was absolutely fine. And had he been allowed to continue. Um, he, he would have suffered some serious damage because he was in. He was certainly in no position to continue. And Deontay Wilder did exactly what we thought he would. Um, I, I admit, I got to admit, I thought it would have been earlier. Um, I don't think it's a shock that he was behind on the cards and he was losing because we've seen that quite often now. Um, but uh, as he says, and as everybody says, that right hand can change a fight in at any point any point he could be hurt and I think he can still throw that right hand and it'll be an equaliser um, and it's a weapon um, I, I give him credit look look, people slate him and say he's basic he's he's not very good but look the, the guy's no idiot um, he, he had a relative he had a good amateur career and then what, what is he now 42-0 and 0, one draw and he's ironing people out and there's some look some fighters can rely on the power, you know, and it gets them so far. But this guy's knocking out legit contenders in an emphatic fashion. And it's not, you know, a barrage of shots. This is one punch power and it's rare you see it. And I mean, it's fascinating to watch. It's absolutely fascinating. He's never in a boring fight because you know that at any point of the fight, the opponent can be on the deck. Um, I mean, it's going to take us on to the Tyson Fury fight now, and that is going to be—it's going to be so tense because, as we saw in the first fight, Fury toyed with him at times and played with him, um, but still was down twice. From what we say, I think Wilder's going to go after him. I think he's going to try and hunt Fury down. I think he's going to look for that knockout early. If Fury can avoid it and avoid that, avoid the big equaliser, then I think he wins the fight. Um, if Wilder does land cleanly. I don't see Fury getting up for a sec- um, again. I-, I-, I think the power is just there. I, I don't think it was, you know, it- I mean, it was a clear. I mean, I-, I still to this day I don't know how the hell he got up first time round, um, Tyson Fury, because it was that was a heavy, heavy shot. Um, and he took one on the way down as well. And, it- and he somehow got up. Unbelievable. And it shows that Fury can take a shot. Because, I mean, look, he-, he finished the 12 and won it. Um, I think people forget that. I'll certainly finish the stronger out of the two fighters. But it's a fascinating contest, and I just hope nothing gets in the way of it whatsoever. Uh, it's seemingly all agreed, you know, behind the scenes, venue, etc., things like that. And it's a massive fight to look forward to to kick off 2020. Yeah, Walder, he does get outboxed at times, but by the same token, I don't think he really broke sweat that much he's a mature champion now he uses his jab well better than people give him credit for he waits for an opportunity to present itself he struck me last night as somebody who just 
felt like it would come. He saw Ortiz's hands weren't coming back up to the chin as quickly as the rounds went on. Ortiz even shook his arms out a couple of times, which is a, a, a signal, as, as you guys know, of fatigue. Wilder was calm, he was measured, he was patient. He just looked like someone who felt it was just going to arrive at any time, I thought, Ozzy. Yeah, I, I thought um, I thought Ortiz started to breathe heavily as well towards the back end of the six, um, particularly in the seventh as well. And like you say... I don't think he did anything wrong, though. You know, like, you can say, like, he lost a bit of concentration and things like that. He didn't. It's just, it's boxing you're going to get hit, and it's just being hit by somebody like that, then it's always going to be a struggle. Um, It it was, like I say, it, it was... It was an impressive finish, but in reality, it wasn't an impressive showing from Wilder because he lost every round. You, you, you can only compliment the finish. The rest of it, he was completely outboxed. I mean, I saw... Um, is it? I, I mean, is it a guy called Larry Hazard who had him ahead in the fight? I just don't understand that mm. at all. I, I, I just don't get it. I, I don't see how uh, you could have had Wilder ahead in that fight at that point. Uh, nine impossible. I, I just don't see what you did um, or what he saw. He's clearly on the payroll just to, you know, influence viewers and stuff like that. But... It's coming now from where viewers aren't aren't stupid, and they can. I think even the most biased of people can realise, you know, who's ahead and who's not. And we saw that from the weekend. Um, so, but no, it, it's certainly an exciting time for the uh, for the for the heavyweight division. Uh, we've got Anthony Joshua, um, Andy Ruiz in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, the winner of that will probably no doubt have to take on a mandatory. Um, during whilst Wilder will box Fury. And then there is no reason why we cannot see the winner of Wilder and Fury and Joshua and Ruiz battle it out next year in what will be a super fight. There is no reason why we cannot see it. All the belts will be on the line. There is as much money as you'll get in the sport at the moment. TV channels, countries will be queuing up to chuck tens of millions of dollars at it. Um, fingers crossed we just see it because look, Deontay Wilder's 34 now and he's not getting any younger um, I've, no, I've no doubt that Andy Ruiz should he come through will definitely take the fight um, and likewise if if Tyson Fury wins I've no doubt that he will also go on and take the fight as well, uh, fingers crossed that promotional things just don't come in the way of it because it will be a real shame for the fans that We'll be able to see, you know, like all the belts on the line between one potentially master boxer or a huge, huge puncher and the winner of Joshua and Andy Ruiz. Andy, I know you refused to watch any of the undercard. I watched the first eight rounds of Figueroa against Seha and then I got fed up, so I fast-forwarded it to the end. I had the Leo Santa Cruz fight downloaded against Miguel Flores and then I accidentally clicked on something that revealed Leo Santa Cruz cruises to a points win over Miguel uh-huh. Flores. So I refused to watch it, Andy. I said, I'm not going to even watch it. I've got it sitting on the computer and there's no way I'm watching that. I know you didn't watch either of them either, but yep. I want to hear your opinion on a fight that didn't happen. A few of the guys are saying they yes. want Andy to unleash the rage and you know who is going to be the recipient yes. of this rage. As I get my phone, Andy, let rip. Yep, I'll let rip. Um, I don't want to go too balls deep because my son's just trying to sleep there actually, so I'll keep it kind of try and mellow. <laughs> but can we just say this? Lewis Neri, I said it last week, um, prick. So I'm going to say prick because this guy, as I say, is, he has been kowtowed to, by the WBC. He has been told to meet certain stipulations 
by WBC at his own cost for drug testing purposes and stuff. He has missed weight now. I think that's a, a pretty set well, it's at least twice, but not if it's three times. Busted for drugs. You're on the gut end of a three hundred thousand dollar payday and you miss weight by one pound. And you decide, fuck it, I ain't making it. So you say to yourself, okay, unprofessional. You know, you want you got two jobs to make weight and fight, right? No, I might be, be sounding quite simplistic by saying that. I'm maybe quite, maybe naive or whatever, not. But in the day, you're a fighter, and that's your two jobs. Steve, when you go, mate. Absolutely. Thanks very much, Andy. We have the man of the moment. Should have been the man of the moment over the weekend in the eyes of many people. John Ryder, thanks for joining us, John. Thank you for having me on. No problem at all. Not going to put any words in your mouth, John. Tell me how you're feeling, pretty much how you felt whenever the scores were read out. How are you feeling now? fuller in the belly now but um, uh, yeah I mean it's one of them things and it? it's like a bit of sweet I feel like I've my credibility is shut up like no one believe but I do believe I should be set here as a WBA Super Champion of the World and, and Ring Magazine Champion of the World so it's a bit of pill to swallow but I mean I've come away feeling like a champion so what, 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 what can I take from that Fighting away from home, Callum's the favourite. What, what goes through your mind, John, whenever they're reading out those scores, especially 117, 111? What are you thinking in that split second? Well, I, I initially thought 117, 111. I thought, right, that's, 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 a, that's a hometown decision. And I thought, right, we'll see what the other two are. They, they'll be a bit closer and I'll, and I'll get it on these, but won't be. Uh, Danny Young in the chat says, John boxed excellently last night. What was the game plan? So what did you work on exactly and did it pretty much go to plan for you? Yeah, pretty much. I just, I, I'd not planned on really like throwing a shot for the first for the first round. And I mean, I, I initially in the first round that I got was a lot more comfortable than I thought I would be and was slipping a lot more easily. So I ended up, they didn't like throwing a few shots in the first round. But I know he's dangerous in the first six. So my, my plan was that he wouldn't, didn't think he'd have much in the second half of the fight, so we'd, we'd try and match him early on and build in build moment in the second half. And I think that pretty much went to went to plan. I wasn't taking big shots. I was blocking a lot and countering. And I think, I think the uh, the plan went pretty sh- as planned. Yeah, a few people in the chat putting things in. Lady Marsh says absolutely gutted for John. War in UA says Eddie wants Smith to be a star so badly, but he just isn't. What about Callum Smith then? We spoke to you obviously in the build-up about things you were going to do. He's a tall, lean guy. Did he box to expectations? Did he bring what you expected? Um, yeah, he didn't. He didn't. I mean, I thought the jab would be a lot, a lot better at all. Um, I think his his jab's a lot different coming forward. It's a lot more of a tool when he's on the back foot. It's it's more of a a, a pull with the jab. He's just putting it out there just to try and keep you at bay. But I think when he's coming forward, he's really piston like with it. But um, well, yeah, on the back foot, he's not he's not as strong with it. A few of the guys in the chat as well asking about his punching power. Obviously, it's much vaunted. Did you feel the shots? How hard did he hit? Uh, well, I, luckily, I kept my guard up well yesterday and took a lot on the gloves. Um, yeah, I mean, his power's there, don't get wrong, he's world-class, isn't he, do you know what I mean, world-class for a reason, but, yeah, I didn't, at one point, feel uncomfortable in there, I felt like I'd been with punches of the, of the same calibre at, at all levels in boxing. Um, I'd obviously mention the rematch to you, but the way they were all talking, they're talking Canelo at Anfield, Canelo, Vegas, all these different things, it doesn't sound like Joe Gallagher or any of the guys are going to be interested or entertaining the idea of a rematch. 
No, and you know what? I don't think they will be. They're, they're looking at bigger fights, and you know what? The, the, the bigger fights been on the horizon for the last six months, isn't it? They've uh, they've took this fight as a keep busy. I believe they still overlooked me, and was always looking to the future and the. That there's, there's a plan far greater than me winning last night, and it was always focused on being at Anfield or Canelo in the new year. Yeah, you were, but you were going to upset the apple cart. You were being bought in then, basically to lose. I mean, you know, you they weren't expecting you to come in and rip the script up. No, exactly. Yeah, and um, I, I thought my plan was going to go to plan, and was going to come away victorious. And I, I feel like I did come away with a victory, a, a moral victory, if, if, it's, if it's only that. But. Um, yeah, I feel like I've come away as a, an uncrowned champion as such. John Ryder's on the call, everybody. Won't be keeping John for too much longer. Glad that he can join us. So, I mean, obviously it's the day after, so it's a bit of a daft question, but what will you be looking at next? I mean, where's your head at? Uh, initially, mate, just a bit of time with the family. I mean, I've been away now for 12 weeks. I've got a newborn son mm. who's 15 weeks old, so a bit of time, family, bonding before Christmas, enjoying, enjoying family time. and I mean, start get back into training in a couple of weeks time just taking over and I mean the new year will be full steam ahead looking to a, a massive 2020 and finally reclaiming what should be mine and what about Callum's ceiling how far do you think he'll go um, I don't really know it depends what's next for him I suppose I think if if, it, if it's Canelo then it'll be short lived if he's going to look at other options then he, he could go on a bit further Guys like Benavidez, Caleb, Plant, to say Callum's, you know, hang with those guys, maybe get a few unifications? I, I, I generally don't think these unifications will happen with the likes of Plant and um, Benavidez. I think the, uh, the crossover with Matchroom and, and Al Heyman is just, it's, it's just, I can't see any way which will work. The, the only option he's got is the Billy Joe fight or Canelo. I think this is, these are his two options, really. I, I don't really see that the other two fights could happen for him. Danny Young was in touch as well, John, just before we finish up. He said, given the result and the impact on your record, does the scoring in boxing mean nothing these days? John should only have one or two losses on his record, not the five he has. You seem to get a few bad decisions, John, I think he's saying. Yeah, I've not had the rubber green, have I? But um, listen, I've always wanted to be involved in the best fights I can possibly be, and I believe that I'm doing that. I'm not, not always getting the decision, but in the day, I want to be remembered for being in good fights and and... And really cement my spent my place in boxing history, and I do also want to do that as a world champion. So that time I did start getting rubbery green. Absolutely, Dale Nichols just finally says John came across really dignified post fight when he could have kicked up a storm. It's not your style, is it, to kick up a storm really like that? No, no. You know what? I'd rather just be humble and victory and gracious in defeat. You know what I mean, but I still feel like I won that fight and that I should be world champion. I think I, I think I conducted myself in a manner of, of both there. Ozzy's throwing a final one in for you, John. Sorry, the final final one, actually. He said, what about a fight with Billy Joe Saunders? Um, is that something you'd entertain, a rematch, obviously? Oh, massively, yeah. I mean, any of the world champions now, I know there's, like I say, they're, they're, I don't know if the compatibility there is there with the Al Heyman fighters, but Billy Joe, the rematch, or the Callum Smith rematch, I'm open to all of them. Bring it on, exactly. John, absolute pleasure. You're a gentleman in victory or defeat. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday evening. That's great. Thank you for having me. All the best now. Thank you. Bye-bye. John Ryder there, dignified as always, friend of the pod. Um, I thought it was close. I thought it was a close fight. It was the, sc- it was the scoring 
that annoyed me more than anything. I'm not going to turn around and say that I think necessarily it was a robbery or anything. I could see Callum winning. I could see John winning. I felt it was a bit even myself. But it was the margins of the scores. And the, the main takeaway from the fight for me was this is a guy, Callum Smith, who they're bigging up to the heavens. And it's another one of those cases where they're telling you something, Andy, and my eyes are telling me something completely different about Smith. Uh, as Ozzy said last week, you know, you know, he can be flattered to deceive. He can either ice an opponent in one round or he can go a 12-round boar fest. Um, for me, I agree with what you say, Steve. I agree with what Tommy said in that as well. As I had it close. I had it 150-113 to John. Um, I get some people have not slightly waited for John because I, I thought because he was putting on the pressure and stuff. Um, for me, it was a it was, it was a worthy winner. But as you say, I was going to say to John, but I just thought he's, he's sounding deflated. He's done his he's done his level best to be dignified. He's come on here and he's he's he, he spoke. You know, he didn't need to do that. You know, he could at least just kind of like say, "I'm going, I'm going to sit back and just kind of be quiet about it." He's come on here and he's he's done. He's, he's he spoke his mind as, as as best as possible. And it, for me, if it, if I was in his shoes, you know, I'd be raging. I would definitely be raging because one seventeen one eleven is absolutely disgusting. Um, and it's, it's like the last three weeks now we've had, you know, significant fights, and. We've been fucked over by scorecards, and you know, end of the day, rather than talk about the fights and the significance of those fights, we're getting fucked by these scorecards. We end up discussing these scorecards more than what they should be done because last night reminded me more about Cattell uh, losing to Alexander, and it was just like you know, one sixty one twelve. That was just no, no, it's just no happening. And I was going to say to John, as I say, but because he came on the call, and that I thought I'm, I'm not going to say it, but you know, when he heard yeah. that one seventy one eleven scorecard coming out. I'm saying to myself, he's not won that fight. When you hear, you, you know, we've got, Buffer says he went to judges' scorecards, we've got a unanimous decision. 170-111, I knew then he wasn't winning the fight. If he'd come out and said majority decision or a split decision, I'm thinking to myself, already, okay, you know, we're, we're in a, po- a probable ballpark here. But a UD, 170-111, on the, on the cherry on the top here, sorry, I can't see him. I just can't see him. I'm, 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 I'm just as I say, it's the last three weeks now. You know, and we're gonna get a fucking we're gonna get something next week, it's just gonna be like, you know, four weeks in the trot and that. Nah, I can't see it. I just I just I'm just disgusted, you know, I just why bother? Because everywhere I've looked and I've looked at boxing forums, non boxing forums, I've been on Reddit as well, they're all saying the same thing. The vast majority had John winning the fight. You could I could I could see a draw. If Smith wins it, it's not by much. But to win it by one seventy one eleven, nah. Sorry, I'm checking out of this sport. Fuck that pish. Fuck that pish indeed. You're a hater. Right, I'm bringing up just just bought a little sound clip in for you there, everybody at home enjoying the sound clips. First one of the evening, quarter to nine. Teen if you been adding Rob it to me, Kelly, we're supposed to have. What you been adding a bit, me? No, Andy. I haven't handed in anything about you yet. I'm trying to I'm trying to line up a couple though for hopefully the future. It's about time you got represented in the sound clips, Andy. You've been underrepresented in my view. Yes, I know. And I want that copyrighted as well. I want it so it's that Aaron's coiner of this bitch. <laughs> Socked out, fucked out, looking for a hang, Dad. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. I'm tired. Coming. 
I'll it's coming it. next week. Coming, coming right now. Adam Smitho Smith. Paul Massingham has thrown in a question for you, Smitho. He said, I don't know what your thoughts were on Smith versus Ryder. I, for one, thought it would be a lot more competitive than people thought. I expected Smith to win late on stoppage or points, but I'm disgusted with the judging. 117-111 is a fucking joke, says Paul. I had Ryder winning by one, maybe even two rounds. I wouldn't be calling it a shambles if there were only a few rounds in it. Makes me think if Smith is that good and other people saying he caught Groves at the right time, he needs to move up a weight possibly as well. Paul Massingham isn't happy, Smido, by what he saw. Well, that's that's uh, more than fair enough. There's a lot of people that weren't happy with what they saw. I mean, firstly, regarding the scorecards, I don't score fights. I gave You're up long ago. Um, I find it was taken away from my enjoyment of watching fights. And to be fair, when I did try and score them, I was worse than Adelaide Bird, to be honest. So... Um, I did tweet beforehand, though, before the, um, the before the scorecards came out, that either way, it, it, I don't think it could be classed as a robbery. Any result, win, uh, win, draw, win up the other way, I don't think it could have been called a robbery. And I think that's what you've alluded to slightly as well, Steve. Um, so I had no problem with the beer result. When we look back in, you know, five or ten years, it's going to be unanimous decision. Callum Smith. That will be in the history books. What we do obviously have a problem. A uh, pretty big problem is the 117 score, which equates to nine rounds to three. I think that's insulting to, to John Ryder, to be honest, who was um, superb, done a hell of a lot better than, than what many expected. Um, cl- the clear, and I know it's an obvious thing to say, but we all knew there was a height difference. Um, Callum Smith's going to have the, be the biggest, one of the biggest um, super middleweights probably ever. Um, but when they got in the ring last night, it was even it was even more obvious. It was humongous. Like we're talking probably you know maybe even two. It looked like there was two weight divisions out, not just one. But despite those clear and obvious height and reach disadvantages, I think Ryder got at a game plan, stuck to it brilliantly, and forced his fight upon Smith for for large parts of the fight. Um, I really did, and he kept and he kept it going. I mean, I thought around the. You know, six or seventh, I thought Smith was starting to come on, come on a bit stronger as the gap between the two increased, as the range increased. I thought Smith was was coming on and starting to stamp his authority. But then, I, I, Ryder came flying back. I think he, I think around seven was a was a really big one for for Ryder. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I thought um, Smith was uncomfortable for large parts of the fight. Um, I know it sounds a little bit daft, but it must be. It, quite difficult the um the size advantage for smith might well have been a, a disadvantage last night because it was clearly quite difficult for him to um to, to land shots and to to win rounds against the the much much smaller guy not making any excuses like um i thought andy i thought andy lee called it pretty well when he said um Smith started to box to Ryder's height a bit more. I think Andy Lee said something along the lines of he was, but he was, you know, bending his bending his knees, legs. So, yeah, we started to box to Ryder's height a, a little bit more, and I think that's where he got a little bit more success. But really, there was no, there wasn't many rounds where there was a clear winner of that in, of any individual round. So as such, of course, we were going to get, um, well, we could we should have got close scorecards, and it turns out that the scorecards weren't as close as, as they um as they should have been undoubtedly. Um but Smith's just very basic, isn't he? Really. I mean, it was the same old story, right hand down the middle and left up to the body. I mean, we've seen this as I know it's a almost a cliche nowadays, but we've seen this so, so much time so many times with um with Joe Gallagher fighters. Um and and really he didn't really like I say he didn't really dominate any individual round and it it, it I I would say um that uh, Smith was 
more hurt in any in any individual um, uh, exchange than Ryder was. Um, you know, towards the towards the end, I thought in the eleventh, Ryder Ryder did absolutely superb to come back into that round. It was rocking Smith's head all over the place? He looked knackered, uncomfortable. You know, Ryder looked like he could have gone on to stop him there if there was another, you know, thirty seconds in the round. I thought the last round was probably the best. Um, they both obviously went for it because I, I think they both obviously thought they had to. Um, and then yeah, the it just all hell broke loose on Twitter when the um, that one one seven scorecard came out. Who actually was the who? Which judge gave that scorecard? Was it the was it the English fella? Who the fuck do you it think? Was Terence O'Connor oh. Senior. Fat yeah, Terry the guy, up. Fat Terry, the, the oh. guy who's not even suitable to be a referee nowadays is now deemed competence to be a full-time judge. Yeah, that's um, that's not good. But I'll just finish up on on Smith. It's it's um, you know, he's managed to get to the the, the ring magazine belt really without beating, uh, with not beating very much. I mean, he was in the WBC manda- mandatory slot for probably years before before actually going um. And, and taking and taking that um, belt, but he's actually got the diamond version of that. I can't really keep up. Um, he's beat George Groves, who was who was clearly, you know, before, during, and after the fight was uh, was his body was in pieces. And before that, we've got wins over that Hulkskin that he struggled against. We said all this last week. We're not being clever after the event. Uh, Scogland, he, he struggled against at times. Um, I think Steve, you even mentioned Luke Blackledge last week that you know took him ten rounds. He ain't all that much cop. And then Hassan Mundam. I mean, uh, he's been going. You know, like I say, every time he's like Jack in the Box, isn't he? That was mentioned last week. So we're not being clever after the event here. Um, but you know, he's sat around fighting these Euro, Euro level kind of geezers, um, and you know, not really stepped up. I mean, you, you could. There's an argument to be made that Callum Smith really is only the um, champion, well, so-called champion or ring or ring magazine holder, because because Grove's body was in bits and he's managed to somehow ch- cheat, probably a strong word for it, but you know, has manipulated his size to 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 miraculously, and it is a miracle, make twelve stone. Um, he's not be, you know, what's it? What is his best win really? But yeah, uh, like I say, that's uh, that was that was my take on it. I know others are a lot more stronger uh, of opinions on the scorecards than me. Yeah, strong opinions. Call for Aussie. The lads are shouting out for Aussie to drop a few bombs. Swaggy Taggy threw this in for you, Aussie. said, I won't be able to join tomorrow's chat room, but I just wanted to share with you, Oz, I expect will be unanimous disgust at the scores in Liverpool tonight. Hopefully we can get a rematch, or at the very least, people will finally take note of John Ryder and he can get some good support behind him. If you get the chance to ask... I'd like to know if the guys think a greater level of transparency as to the judge scoring could be enforced. Ozzy, that's Swaggy Taggy talking about judge scoring again. They should be made to explain it, in my opinion. I, I don't see how literally thousands of people had John winning this fight, yet these three judges didn't, and by a distance as well. It's like he went into the fight just round, basically losing already, and the only way he could get him out, basically win, was knocking him out. That is the only way. The cards are disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. John boxed the fight of his life and outclassed the apparent number one super middleweight in the world. Outclassed him, in my opinion. I didn't win in 116, 112, and I thought the rounds that John won were relatively easy to score. Um, I, I thought he, he landed at will. I've never seen Callum Smith 
missed so much. Wick just wild left hooks in. And John was gone, long gone. Um, I thought John caused more damage with his shots constantly. Uh, the 11th, he, um, he certainly buzzed Callum Smith, without a doubt. And then you get this disgusting response after it. Nothing from Eddie Hearn, absolutely nothing. Joe Gallagher storming out of interviews because he's pissed off because people are talking about a rematch. This is the wanker that cried about Paul Smith's uh, <laughs> fight in Germany. He then demanded a rematch for Anthony Crawler against Jorge Linares after the first fight, which was not a close fight whatsoever. Yet when it comes when the shoe is on the other foot and his fighter has lost, and they fucking knew he lost as well. There's only the Smith brothers. Liam Smith put a tweet out saying, Yeah, John Boxwell, um, fine if you thought he won, but tell me the se- the seven rounds. I replied the rounds that I thought John had won, and other people as well had scored it exactly the same, and he just replies back with laughing faces. Couldn't justify anything. He then says, how the hell did you score rounds one and two to John Ryder? Everybody scored rounds one and two. Andy Lee on Sky scored it. DAZN scored it to um, rounds one and two to John. So it's just blatant bias, absolute bias, and it's a joke, absolute joke, because John should be sat there at home now, with his daughter, little boy, wife, as a newly crowned world champion and with that ring magazine belt. And he's had it taken away from him. Darren Barker said it right. It's on IFL now. He was calling her now and said it's a joke. And John won, clearly. And it's not good. The cards were a disgrace and things like that. And you've got Hearn saying in interviews, oh, I knew Callum had won um, before, when I got into the ring. It's bollocks. It's like they followed the script. John came in, clearly upset the apple cart. And they've just completely gone against it. And now they're just, yet again, banging on about getting Canelo coming over to Liverpool. Why the fuck would he come to Liverpool? Callum Smith cannot sell a ticket whatsoever. Sean Dodd and Tom... The crowd sat in the story, mate. They booed the decision for Christ's sake. It was dead. It was dead in there. The crowd sounded weird. Sorry to interrupt. The crowd sounded really weird to me. Did anyone think it had like a tinny sound to it? Like there was nobody in? I'm not just hating. There wasn't a fucking sound. There wasn't a sound out of them. (laughs) <laughs> Wasn't the sound out of him because he was getting beaten. Mm. Fucking saying nothing. Sorry, it was. It's a it's a piss take. It was an absolute joke, and I, I just honestly, I I would not blame John if he walked away. Because what's the point? What is the point? Like how how are you expected to you know to win? He, he's gone in the away corner. Fine, nothing against that because in reality he, he had to. He had no choice. But the fact is. He won the fight. He won the fight. And then you've got like the Smith brothers saying, oh, well, if if the cards weren't as wide, no one would care. It's not just the cards. It's the fact is that everybody scored it to John. Literally everybody, bar what? Bar people in Liverpool and a couple of others. I saw Peter Fury say Callum Smith won unanimously. Did he score it three times or something like that to win unanimously? He's a clown as well. Huey needs Go on their uh, Monaco dates now, though, aren't they? Go on exactly, their Monaco dates. Yeah, so he, 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 Huey needs Eddie now because Huey's a lot of garbage as well. It's a piss take, absolute piss take. It's just a shame that other promoters don't have options at 168. 168 is tied up with either Al Heyman or DeZone, and that's where the fights are. Um, but you see it quite a bit recently. I mean, look at the punditry. So last night you had Tony Bellew from Liverpool. 
Anthony Crawler, a former stable <laughs> mate. And then who, who were they interviewing during the fight? Paul Smith. It's like, oh, how do you Speck. think the brother's doing? After seven, after seven rounds, he had it 6-1 to Callum. So did Joe Gallagher. It's bollocks. I just don't understand that whatsoever. It's just blatant bias. And Callum Smith and all that gym have come out worse from this. Um, it's not necessarily Callum Smith's fault because he can't dictate the cards and things like that. But it's the way they've carried themselves after the fight. And it's disgusting. John has been a model pro. I mean, he didn't have to come on this podcast. He could have said, you know what, I just want to be on my own and things like that. It's very rare you'll get someone who boxed for a world title and then 24 hours after he's on a podcast with us. And it just shows his true class. Yeah. And people could look at him and learn a hell of a lot of him because, like I said, I put a tweet out yesterday. Two years ago, he lost a fight at British level and was wrote off by everybody. He was discarded by Matchroom, tossed away... And he thought about walking away. He was presented an opportunity by Callis Outland to fight Patrick Nielsen in the away corner yet again, and he iced him completely. He was then brought in again to lose against Jamie Cox, um, who was who was signed by Matchroom. Um, you know, was like the next big thing, um, and he obviously he was beaten by George Groves. He was brought in to lose against Jamie Cox, and what did he do? Iced him again. He was then given obviously. He was showing that he can be a legit contender. He gets two another two another solid wins against Sirotkin and that Bilal Akaway, who was highly touted. I think does he train with uh, out the Lemieux camp or Golovkin or something like that? Uh, he was touted, you know, as like a young prospect. Not for much longer. <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. And then he goes in with Callum Smith, wins the fight, and it's robbed. It's disgusting. And Andy Lee as well. I'm disappointed with him because he he has been excellent completely. And I'm sure he changed his card because I think he had John up by two points going into the last or something like that. And then he had Callum Smith winning um, and he apologised for the card. And I think it was Andy who said when Anthony Crawler won, oh, it doesn't really matter because, or was it Macklin or something like that? I can't it was remember. Macklin. Yeah, was it that Macklin? That was Macklin. Yeah. Macklin. Yeah. It, it doesn't I matter because, it. you know, it's Crawler's last hurrah. It fucking does matter. Because at the end of the day, you've got another pro on the opposite side who is still continuing to fight. That Spaniard should have won and should have a world ranking now, rightfully or wrongfully, and John Ryder should be world champion. It's a piss take. The other thing as well is I believe, well, John mentioned it there, but I also believe Callum Smith's been in the same boat. Both have had kids recently as well. John's had a 12-week camp. His son's eight weeks old. He's future best mate, and he's gave up valuable time intimate time with his son to get fucking done like that on the cards it's just you know you like you know as I say you, know, you would not be as I mentioned you wouldn't be surprised he says fuck the sport you know sport. fuck it why am I going to give up my best time with my kids at this mm. point in their life and stuff like why the fuck should I just keep doing this you know leave my wife or my girlfriend if I can deal with the kids you know take all the shit while I'm away grafting for 12 weeks to go make a fight to win a world title fight and then say you know what Sorry, Terry O'Connor seen it one seventy one eleven at Calum Smith. You're like, what's a fucking point? I, do you know I saw something as well last night that um, somebody confronted Fat Terry, and Terry's response was, "I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks." Callum Smith clearly won that fight. This is what you're putting up with, <laughs> fat fucking slob. He's just he can't even acknowledge anything. He's a fucking arsehole. He can't referee and he can't judge. He should be he should be struck off. You see it in football, right? Referees, we want to be they honest. perform yeah. badly and make bad decisions. They're demoted. They're they're knocked away. 
I hope that Charlie Sims goes and lobbies the WBA for an immediate rematch. Because I tell you what, they've called rematches for less before. And this is something that Gilberto Mendoza has to look at this. People are not stupid. Thousands of people are not stupid. And everybody has not called this fight wrong whatsoever. So they've got to look at it. And I, do you know what? I hope they do get called uh, an immediate rematch does get called and it scuppers all the no I know I'd love it, if it and it should be because no if chance. it's the other way around it would do uh, it's just it, it's, it's so frustrating I mean, you, you can't I mean I've, look I, I've said what you can tell, clearly tell I'm pissed off but what can you what what can you do you, you just hope John gets another opportunity because a win last night would have set him up for life let's be honest though is he going to get another opportunity? Probably no, because look, look what it took him to get to this point. Yeah, you know he's probably going to have to go through the ringer again just to get to this point. Because I, f- I forget the title situation, Steve, and the man at super middleweight. I mean, obviously you've got Eddie. Eddie says he's going to try and get him the vacant, the vacant regular. Who gives belt, a f- about who gives a f- yeah, yeah, no, regular vacant belt? I know, so, I know, seriously, I know, I know. no, you I know. know. But that's what, he's, that's what he's going to do. He's not going to lobby for the rematch. Not a fucking hope. Yeah. Fucking Eddie, though, man. Eddie's, you know, vacant belts. Who wants? Who gives a fuck about Miguel Cotto belts? You know, yeah. find David Benavides. Get him Cali Plant. Build Joe Saunders, for fuck's sake. Okay, it's, it's apparently it's, it's in Saunders' contract that he must fight Callum Smith at some point for what we've been told or what we've heard. And then Callum Smith hasn't got that in his contract. So obviously he's getting the free reign, the free pickings and stuff like that. But if there's a fucking belt to be had, John should be getting fucking first dips on it, and it should be fucking Billy Joe Saunders because no, no, one sixty eight, not to be had. He is not fucking one sixty eight, and yeah. they're going to scut that fucking fight. So you can just see it right now. Color plants fighting someone soon. I forget who's at Fighting Boots. Uh, Benavidez, who, uh, is he vacated. Who gives a fuck about vacant belts? Give the kid a fucking yeah. live body and let him win the fight legitimately because these vacant belts mean absolute shit. Mm. The the only thing I can see is that if Saunders doesn't get Canelo or Callum Smith next, will he go back down to 160 and fight like uh, a Golovkin or something like that down at 160 and chuck the 168 belt away or something like that? And then what would John get an opportunity? I mean, I'm just looking at the rank. I'm just looking at some of the rankings now. You know, in terms of um, you know, in terms of up at 168, and you've got look. It, it, would he try and make a vacant WBA regular title fight with Rocky Fielding and do it as a rematch? Zach um, Parker would be a, an easy, easy win. Easy win. Yeah, but he's he, and and he's ranked three in the WBO. He's going to be the next mandatory, probably for Billy Joe. Uh, Zach Parker. I mean, you've Bremer's got. Uh, the boot. Who? Sorry. Bremer's still kicking the boot. Yeah. Um, well, y- Yildirim's obviously just failed that ped test. Hassan and Dan got splattered by. He's fighting for it again, is he not? Has he not got a... Has he been given... Oh, has he, has he been approved? Oh, right, well, there you go. Um, Fedor Chudinov... Yildirim failed the test, didn't he? And he hasn't got banned. And Yildirim hasn't got banned, but Benavidez got banned yeah. by WBC, and he only used yeah, cocaine but... out of camp. Yeah, but I just re- I just pulled up there. Uh, yep, it's the 25th of January, Benavidez, Yildirim, re- is that a rematch? No. No, it's that's the, man, that's the mandatory actually. No. Mandatory, sorry, that's sorry. Mandatory, yeah. Uh, right, so it's late January that fight's happening. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but no, but I mean, look, there's clear there's opportunities there and things like that. Even if it, you know, what 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 about the winner of um, Danny Jacobs, Julio Cesar Chavez? If it happens, 
yeah, if, if that happens, what about that? What about something like that? Because he certainly deserves an opportunity. I mean, look, for me, he should be granted an immediate rematch, without a doubt. Doesn't matter if it's a mandatory whatsoever. You travel for both opponents, so that's the thing, though, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Look, look. I don't think he—he's been in essentially in the away corner all of his life. Uh, I don't think he'd mind doing that. Um, and look, money, cash pays the bills, doesn't it? And like I said, a win last night would have set him up for life because whether it had been a big money rematch or would he have got the Canelo fight, which had been a huge cash as well. Um, I mean, Canelo's trainer said it all last night. He thought Warren, uh, he thought Ryder um, won the fight. Uh, other high-profile boxing uh, fighters, managers, Lou DiBella added to uh, John Ryder. These people are not stupid. So for the wankers that say, oh, well, you know, like these pros that well, if you've never boxed, you can't have an opinion. Well, look at your fellow pros because they all disagree with you as well. I wonder if Callum Smith should sack off Joe Gallagher, maybe get a new trainer. He certainly sack him off as manager anyway. Put it that way. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I thought he was, yeah, looked pr- pr- pretty basic at times. To be honest, struggled with John. I, I thought John was excellent, absolutely excellent. Um, like, like I said, nylon punch perfect. Um, they bang on about you know like the power of Smith and. John didn't look buzzed at all, but we said last week, didn't we, that all the talk pre-fight was about the fights in the future, and it was like it was just a, you know, it was a foregone for them that they were going to win the fight. Um, they, they clearly didn't, but the cards say otherwise, and now it's like, you know, right, regardless of whether it was controversial or not, we don't care. Uh, nobody, basically, we know a rematch isn't going to be granted. And and then you get wankers like Tony Bellew going, Cal- Canelo doesn't want anything of Callum Smith over at Anfield. <laughs> what is he sniffing? Like, what is he? What is going from his mind to say that? It's absurd, absolutely absurd. It was just blatant bias, wasn't it? Like I said, got, you had. That's going to be a fake yeah. means or something like that, yeah. Oh no! And to be fair, um, what's it called? Uh, yeah, I'm just picking it up on in the chat now, and then I'll. Um, then I'd have said my piece, but I, I give him a hell of a lot of stick. But fair play to Dave Allen because he called it out, um, and he and he slated um, the cards uh, and the promotional outfit and things like that, and said it's a joke. So, like I said, I, I, I've rightfully give Allen a load of stick, but at the same time, Rumble I'll happily give him credit because last night he was spot on in what he said, and he uh, he was another one who said that John should be world champion. Right, Rapping Bob Kelly's on the call. Delighted to have you on, Rob. We'll go, be going to Wilder Ortiz shortly. Before we do so, Ryder against Smith. Bit of a loaded question here because I know that you're friends with Andy Lee. I personally, I just say what I think. I wasn't really that bothered with Andy Lee's commentary. A lot of people seem to be a bit annoyed about it. Now, his scorecard was pretty wayward. I would agree with that. It seemed to be all over the place. But I don't think Andy's necessarily needs to be a company man. He doesn't need to be a shill. So yeah. I just think that he's probably just saying it as he is. Am I being naive here? Well, I don't know. I love Andy, but Andy's got fighters now too. He's now managing, he's managing and training fighters now. So, and he's and he's there on that platform. Look, I love Andy Lee. I'm not going to be. I always say on this pod, there's no bias, right? So I'm just going to call it like it is. I was very disappointed in Andy last night, not in the way that he was calling the fight, but he called it from one fighter's perspective for the majority of the fight. The entire part of his commentary was focused on what Cam Smith needs to do while John is winning the fight. So that's kind of taken away from Ryder's performance a little bit because he's all about, like, you know, 
uh, Callum needs to keep distance. Callum needs to tie up here. Callum needs to do this. It's like you don't get that in a football match with the, the you know, even if it's Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher, like and it's their two teams. They have to call it like what's happening on the pitch. So I thought it, the commentary for the for a large part last night were ignoring um, a lot of the good work that Ryder was doing, and it was that surprised me. And and Andy had it four rounds apiece on his card after eight rounds. And then scored of two two rounds in favour of Smith. So I didn't see that either in those last four rounds. I thought Ryder was more way more dominant. Like I had Ryder winning a fight, no bias here because he's related to me or whatever. I've never met him. I've only ever spoken to him on here. So I don't and on Twitter I don't I don't know the guy. I never hung out with him or anything. So I've no kind of you know we wanted him to win, but if he lost the fight, I would come on here and say I thought he lost the fight. Uh, Callum Smith, if he's the number one 168 pounder, the, the division must be devoid of good 168 pounders at the moment because he didn't know what to do with John Ryder last night. A fellow five foot nine was was stronger than him, and was beating him. Was was just I thought John could have done better on the jab last night, um, the southpaw jab. Maybe he was a little bit wary of being countered or whatever. But Bellew, Anthony, leave me out of the fucking public eye, Bellew. That I couldn't t- couldn't get enough words in last night. Couldn't get enough words in. He's everywhere. He was on Boxing Social, IFL. He was on Sky. He's talking. Do you know what he said on one of the Boxing Social? I don't care. Clean punches is what wins rounds. Clean punches. Clean hard punches. Cry like I, a little I saw bitch. Him, I saw him hit John Ryder, and I thought, if you get one or more of those kids, you're out. What fucking fight was he looking at? I didn't see Ryder hurt once in the fucking fight. Not once in the... What was he hurt? The only fighter that was hurt was Smith in the 11th round and he was nearly gone. What are they fucking talking about? The cheek at him. And like, and like, and like Ozzy said, everybody on the fucking panel is like a big party for Callum Smith, Crawler and, and Gallagher, right? I don't agree with the fucking dog thing and all that. Like, and his kids getting stick at school and that's probably where the comments are off the video. I don't, and he did take very personal offence to that today on Twitter. So, do you know what? I wouldn't like that if that was my little one. I'm not going to fucking go down that road with him. But what I will go down is... You little shit, you got a fucking, uh, you got a rematch for Crawler against Linares when he didn't fucking deserve it. He clearly lost the fight. Nobody watching that fight thought that he won that fight. Not a single boxing fan that saw that fight, scored that fight for Crawler. Yeah, what do you do? Start crying. Oh, he's shoe shining him. Shoe shining him by ringing off combinations off his fucking head for the last three rounds, and he still got the rematch. So you should shut up and don't be fucking dismissing young journalists when they're, when they're asking you a genuine question in a close fight with a controversial decision against one of your fighters. You can't say, you fucking whine me up you winding me up about a rematch shut up you fucking snide you your fighter lost everybody knows it so I'm not gonna it's not matchroom bias it's just boxing bias at this stage it's fucking shite the best sport in the world and every week we come on here we're either talking about drug cheats or wrong scorecards and that's been the theme of the year. It started off with Wilder Fury at the end of last year and it hasn't fucking stopped ever since. All the big fights for the last fucking 36 months, all the big fights have had scorecards like that. 117-111. He should never be allowed judge again after that. That's up there with Adelaide Bird. 117-111. Nine rounds to three to Callum Smith. Be safe. So, Bob's on fire tonight out in the field. Don't fall into the reservoir, I'm in the, Rob. I'm in, I'm in the streets tonight, baby. I'm like O'Hara Davis. I've got one foot <laughs> in the street. One foot in the streets. What a fucking uh, shithead. Uh, what a fucking asshole. Who'd say that of one foot? Let me tell you something. Anyone with one foot in the streets is not going to say it on a fucking IFL video anyway. I'll tell you that much. Dipshit. Rob, we need you to wrap John Ryder to the ring in his next fight with the, the, the Knight Rider theme in the background. <laughs> I'm off for it, yeah. I'm only doing it in the volumes that are coming to the ring with me because I might have too many enemies in, uh, in these boxing circles. 
Right, Rob, I want to bring you in on Wilder now. I've got a question from Simon Alevi. He says, Rob, can anyone avoid Deontay Wilder's power for 36 minutes? I personally can't see anyone beating him. And as much as I respect Fury for getting up, I think that was just as freaky as the power the bronze bomber weighing 215 pounds with small legs possesses. What do you think about that? He's got bent legs, hasn't he? He's got bent legs, Deontay Wilder. Yeah, um, bent legs. Yeah. He'll make you fall on your own leg if he hits you. Um... Like, look, the thing about it, I said it last week I would have been surprised if Ortiz won and he won every second of the fight up until he got stopped <laughs> it's remarkable he's got freakish power Deontay Wilder he did nothing right all night the only good thing he did was in that last second where he straightened up the shot and he used the little left hand as a blinder but other than that he was he was telegraphing that all night and, Wilder, and Ortiz was able to use his head movement to avoid getting caught he was catching Wilder at will. Wilder showed a good chin last night. I think, I think Ortiz is well past it. By the way, well past it. He's like he's fucking ancient. Like and the one thing you can't do in boxing is turn back the hands of time. I think we saw glimmers of how good he could have been earlier on in his career if he wasn't doping or if he'd have turned over earlier. But um, Wilder just needs to land. That seems to be it. He just, he just needs to land. He doesn't need to do anything. He could lose every second of every round and still catch you. When he catches you, you're gone. Now. That's what that's what's making the rematch really really interesting. I think every time one of these guys fights, you're kind of analysing it to see who's on top. And Wilder's kind of come out top of the pile at the end of certainly heading towards this Ruiz uh, Joshua rematch because he's had the highlight knockout reel against Dominic Brazil, gone out and flattened him. He's lost every second of the fight against Ortiz, turned it around, and stopped him again with that just clinical right hand, just an absolute pole axer. No matter who he hits, they're going. And so it's making it interesting. There's a couple of things to factor in. We'll talk about it as it gets closer, I'm sure. But there's the cut with Fury. There's the book with Fury. The Christmas single with Robbie Williams with Fury. Like, how tuned in is he? If they're fighting in February and he's going on a press run in December, he's living it out in Vegas. He looked a bit sluggish in his last fight. And I think there's a possibility that he stayed hit from the first Wilder fight and that he's got one foot out of the sport. And I think there's also the possibility that he's lost too much weight. And that his legs are done a Roy Jones on him a little bit, and he knows that. So I'm not sure how long we're going to see Fury around, even if he beats Wilder. But it's making it really, really interesting. But uh, yeah, to to agree with the listener, he's right. All Wilder needs to do is touch you. He's unorthodox. He's shit, really. His feet are not good. He can't set anything up. But if he touches you with that Tars hammer of the right hand, you're going to go. It's remarkable, really. Seriously, man, he could be probably the most single one hitter probably since listen or Ingemar Johansson think about it that's so far back we're going by the way I've been thinking about it yeah I've been for heavyweight about it. Pound pound yeah. Julius Jackson level yeah no but I'm thinking mm-hmm. about it yeah Julius Jackson was the closest comparison I could think of of no, the no. guy that would just that would touch you and you psh. I'm thinking heavyweight heavyweights yeah yeah, I'm thinking I mean, Ty- Tyson. Left, Tyson, but Ingemar Johansson and, and Sonny Listen could just, just eye shavers could just eye shoot, put you on the gurney, fit twitching like like you did against Patterson and stuff like. That. I mean, cold. And that's mm. what that's that's what happened to Ortiz last night. He was doing cold, man. I mean, the face, I've seen that the expression in his face never changed. For the right hand landing to him trying to get up, his face never fucking changed. The people were saying on Twitter that the sweat. Rob, do you agree with me like that if he took fifteen years off? If he took fifteen years off Ortiz, he would be he would be you know right up there with the the big boys. Can you hear me? Yeah. 
Yeah, go on, Rob. Sorry, I was saying I was asking you a question at the same time. I was saying I said at the beginning of the pod that if you took fifteen years off Ortiz, he's very skillful and the brain knows what it's doing, but it's the body that's letting him down. Can you hear me, Rob? Yeah, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now or no? Yep, go ahead. What were you saying? Sorry, I was saying, um, like, yeah. I think, yeah, I'd agree with you. Um, like, Ortiz was manoeuvring Wilder around the ring last night. He was using his head movement, he was using his jab, and he was catching um, Wilder at, at, at will, really. Like, he was doing what he wanted with him, and he's definitely fucking over the hill. He's officially 40, is he? So that means he's 80. Um, so he's doing well for an 80 year old man, sexually as well. I've never met a fucking show that can fight me. Uh, Smido, did you see anything of the undercard? Tennyson Evans was a good scrap man. Both of them were taking far too many punches. I worry about Tennyson as much as Evans. You know, he just takes one, he takes four to land two. Uh, Craig Glover getting knocked out. Anthony Fowler, fantastic win going to world level. Tom Fowler, disappointing ending. Anything, Smido? <laughs> Anthony Fowler's shit in um, it. He he's got the um, Chris Eubank. Itis, like he thinks he's a lot better than he is. He thinks he can hit a lot harder than he does. Um, I mean, that other fella was a bit awkward. I was kind of switching off after a bit, but um, but yeah, Fowler, he's, he's, he'll get beat again sooner rather than later. And they keep talking. I know I said this a few weeks ago. They keep talking about this. Oh, Fitzgerald rematch. Fitzgerald. Is no one asking Scott Fitzgerald who he wants to fight next? Because we're talking Cheeseman rematches. We're talking uh, Fowler rematches. But what does what does Scott Fitzgerald want to do? No one, no one's asking. He's just a pawn in this in this game. I don't, I, I don't like the way that's being handled. They've, they've they've put him in and expected him to lose twice, and he's won both times. Um, and now they're talking about a bloody stadium fight. Um, I saw that um, Billum Smith. Um, yeah, I thought he was all right. That Glover got cut. I think. Um, yeah, decent, decent scrap. That I think that um, Billum Smith was in a, um, a close-ish loss to was it Riakpo last year? Never got that right or wrong. Um, yeah, so but it was coming in off a lot a recent loss. Um, but yeah, I think um, he might be he might be decent at a British level um, around cruiserweight, um, trained by Shane McGuigan, so and managed by Barry. So there'll be a court case coming soon on that. Um, I know I know Ozzy mentioned uh, touch, touched upon the Sky um, set up earlier. I mean, fucking hell, that was a joke, man. That was, I mean, we've got Tony Bellew, um, fellow scouser, and Anthony Crawler, stable, long-term stablemate of Callum Smith, making up 66% of the Sky analyst panel last night. I mean, that is a joke. I mean, and Bellew, just when we thought that this man, who has an award named after him in the Bellew of the Week, just when we thought he couldn't out-Bellew himself, he has. He's had a sh- absolute shocker last night. I mean, that calling for, oh, well, I'll put my house on it that Canelo won't come over here. No, Tony. Of course he won't come over here. That's because you're talking about the biggest star in world boxing who fights when he wants, where he wants, against who he wants, and at what weight he wants. As if it, as if Canelo yesterday is sat there in California or Las Vegas, wherever he is, California at three o'clock in the afternoon, watching boxing from the fucking Wild West in England. Fucking no chance. And then, the, and then Joe Gallagher's claiming that Eddie said that he's had a text off Canelo. Fuck off, man. Canelo don't. He's not interested. He, he would no way. He, he still won't have. He probably won't even know the result yet. Never mind. Watched it live. Oh, <laughs> what a fucking load of shit that is. Absolute load of shit. But there was a time, and I, tweet, I said this last night. 
There was a time when Tony Bellew went on a Tim Pot podcast and did an interview, and then for a time after that, some some of the hardcores were like, "Oh yeah, he's a nice guy, really." No, fuck that. I've said all along, he's a, he's an absolute bellend, proper bellend, absolute idiot, always has been. And Joe Gallagher, while, while I'm at it, he is he <laughs> Operation like, U-Train. popular or the given to to hate on Joe Gallagher or you know the hardcores hating on Joe Gallagher Tesco Joe Rob alluded politely so to other more unsavory sayings that I won't touch on you know but I've I've tried to give Joe Gallagher a bit of a chance as it goes but as of last night he can fuck off as well I mean where do you even start with the, I mean he's having a go at that young young journalist saying he's sick of this fucking question when asked about a rematch, same man who helped get a pointless rematch for Paul Smith against Abraham, same man who helped get Anthony Crawler a pointless rematch versus Lenores, had plenty to say about the Frampton and Quigg scorecards a, a, a few years ago, and then said absolutely nothing when Crawler got a gift robbery only a few weeks ago. I mean... Sorry, Smith, just to, just to jump in and help you out there, right, when you're talking about Bellew and, and Gallagher... Gallagher at least had the self-awareness to say on that interview. He said, oh, it's like when uh, Floyd Mayweather hasn't... Hold on, I'm not going to say that because I'm going to get slated. Didn't stop Anthony, though. Didn't stop Anthony. It's like when Marcos Maidana fought Floyd Mayweather. You give him more rounds because he's done better than you expected. But he still clearly lost the fight. And it's as simple as that. (laughs) Fucking hell, what a fucking comparison. Marcos Maidana and Floyd. Prick. Uh, yeah, but he said I won't say that, and then continued and went on to say that. But before before I just leave my little rant here, Steve, I've got the uh, the ringside uh, team mm. for Sky for when Canelo comes over to Anfield. Um, it's going to be uh, Paul Smith, Stephen Siff, Liam Smith, Bellew, Crawler, Price, Fowler, and Joe Selkirk. What about Jimmy Corker and Jackie? <laughs> <laughs> Simbad. <laughs> Link from and pizza also, place. And also... Let's do it right now, you fucking rat. <laughs> that little video forget. clip that Darren Barker didn't like, and they got a few um, seconds from from Eddie Earn at the end of it, um, that is a man right there that scores fights, or decides what score he's giving to a fight after the bell. Because he was... Because if you watch that... I've watched it a couple of times. If you watch that again, unless it's been taken down already, um, you know... He wants to say that he had Ryder just nicking it. He wants to say that, but didn't bring himself to say it. He decides the winner of a fight, or no, sorry, he decides the score of a fight after it's finished. What about Bean Smido? Any bean bag, runner bean, could have been, should have been last night? Any bean updates? Well, um, not necessarily from from Liverpool, but I mean, I know I went on last week, this this £25 £25 thing, like. You know, I didn't really say too much about it, but then the other day when he's got that interview from Vegas and he's trying to justify putting the price up to 25 quid because we had we was treated to um, two YouTubers for a tenner a couple of weeks ago. Fuck off. Fuck off. That is That fucking pissed me off, that. So I've tried not to rant so much recently, <laughs> particularly on things that don't affect me, right? And this, this, um, this 25 pound don't actually affect me um, next weekend because I'm out watching it anyway, but... So I didn't really commentate on the YouTube fight because I was never going to buy it anyway or never going to watch it. So I didn't really moan about it and I won't be buying this pay-per-view. But, I mean, I said on, I've said on this podcast many times, in the boxing in the UK, whether we agree with it or not, 
is um, split to Anthony Joshua number one and everyone and everything else is number two. That is just the world we live in. So we've had a 25% price increase from June, uh, where, where he's got beat, um, and now till December, so it's gone up 25%. And you could argue that Joshua is single-handedly responsible for the 46% increase from 16.95, which it was, you know, kind of the Bellew Cleverly time before Joshua came in. Um, that was a brilliant pay-per-view card, that Bellew Cleverly too. Um, so 46% up from 16.95 to 24.95. You know, you could say that's down to the um, AJ phenomenon. And then we've got fucking Bean using the YouTube to force to justify the, to justify this price increase to an elite event. The biggest thing I can't have is Eddie saying this is the... He said yesterday, this is the biggest fight of the year, decade and century. Now, come on. This is a fella who's come in at five weeks, you know, five weeks notice. People, including me, six months ago, just thought it was a no-oprah. I didn't even bother getting up and watching it. Now he's saying it's the biggest fight of the century. I mean, as Frank would say, do me a fucking favour there. And be and also Bean last week. But Smido, Smido, on an ed, on an eddy on an eddy front, sorry, Smido. I'll give Porky Russ his credit. I mean, you're you're probably in the same camp as me here. Eddie saying that they raised the prices without him knowing about it. I mean, no, come no, on, that was Eddie brilliant. wasn't told no, that they were going to raise it to twenty five. You know what? What the fuck? He was like fucking Shaggy yeah. this week, 25 pay-per-view. It wasn't me. Dodgy couple, couple dodgy score cards. It wasn't me. Not his fault, like, is it? When it goes wrong, it's never his fucking fault. You're a fucking it wasn't me, I didn't know anything about it. It was 25 pound. What? What? News to me. You know what, though? I bought this nearly two weeks ago. Hearn was going to say it was Sky's decision to go 24.95, which he did. Like he said, it was Debella's fighter. Like he said, it was White's people dealing with the test. Like he says, he doesn't work for the Saudi passport office when folks aren't getting their visa with a ticket like they're a problem. He's a, he's gone above and beyond anything that we've that we've we've had of him before. You know, I, it's difficult to put in words how much of a fucking snake he is. Like he's gone way way beyond that. La- final point: we had uh, Bean last week saying, um, "Oh well, you know, over here on Fox this weekend, it's seventy five dollars for Ortiz. That's three times as much as what we're charging for." Joshua and Reese. Well, there's two points there. Firstly, they've got no um, monthly subscription over over in America, as far as I'm aware. I pay in the region of fifty quid a month from our Sky package. You know, I've got to pay an extra t- an extra fifty percent just for four hours of programming. But yet, I get the other twenty nine and a half days for fifty quid. I mean, that's that's You're a joke in, in itself. But then also next week. They'll be saying, "Oh well, we've disowned for ten dollars for ten dollars this month. You've had Kovalev and Canelo, and you've had the YouTubers. Then you've had Joshua and Ruiz. You know, for, so um, which way do you want it? Do you want it ten dollars a month, best thing since sliced bread, or do you want it? Oh well, the Yanks pay seventy-five pound an event. It's just it's it's got way out of control now. I'm pissed off. Good points. Yeah, good points. Go on, Ozzy, anything you want to add quickly or should we move on to the uh, yeah. Jack Cattrall? I'll um, fuck, yeah. fuck boxing. Yeah, on the card was um, was okay. Um, the, the best fight wasn't on Sky, it was on Facebook and that was Tennyson, Evans and Hearn basically said it sold 50 tickets between them. So that's why it wasn't on there, regardless of how competitive it was. Um, Bill, Bill and Smith absolutely battered Glover. Uh, agree with Andy. Agree with Andy. Lee. Uh, on that boy. Thought, thought it could have been stopped a bit earlier. Uh, Fowler scarf was was pretty bland to be honest. 
Um, felt for Tom Farrell, um, was warming into the fight. I had it even after four, uh, and then it was uh, waved off due to a, a horrible cut on his forehead. Um, it's something that needs to be looked at, like, in my opinion, that when it's, you know, like a, a headbutt, they shouldn't have to wait, you know. What, what I couldn't get my head around is that the doctors looked at the cut midway through the round when it happened and said it was okay. And then at the end of the round, um, after Tom said, basically, I'm struggling because it's pissing blood in both my eyes, they decided to call it off. It was no different. Well, that dictated a result then. Um, so but for me, in terms of things, I think it should be dubbed a no contest because, like I said, it's such a, a gruesome injury and it, and it was an accidental headbutt. Um, yeah, Stephen Smith came back, don't care about him, don't know why he's still fighting, and a couple of other youngsters as well. But uh, but no, just a quick one on uh, Gallagher, by the way. He was crying after it as well, saying that the press conference was like... <laughs> The press conference was like a morgue because um, people weren't up like up in arms and celebrating that Callum Smith had defended his titles in Liverpool and was the first you know like UK fighter to defend the ring belt in like ten years. Is he is he just deluded or just like not no self awareness or something like that? And then like you all said, had a do at that young um, I think it's Oscar Bevis or something like that. Uh, from IFL and basically threatened to walk out on an interview because because he dared to ask him a question that a lot of other people asked him as well. The guy's a prick. No wonder he gets abused all the time because he just sh- he he comes across like that. You'd have more respect for people like this. He said, "Yeah, it was close. We 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 were fortunate, but we're looking to move on." But they, they don't see it that way. Uh, fight from the weekend, I completely forgot about. Andrew Cancio lost his title to Rene Alvarado. Uh, cut left eye, etc, etc. I'll watch it during the week if there's a copy floating about. Kanzu got a win over Manny Robles the third as well. So I'm assuming Manny Robles Sr. will be off over with Ruiz to uh, Saudi as well now that he's, his fellas lost Kanzu. He's marching on, his Kanzu. Uh, Catchall, yeah, got a win over Timo Schwarzkopf on YouTube. Didn't watch that. Right, tell us about the golden contract then, Andy. Did you manage to see anything of it? Uh, Tarot McKenna, yeah, Box, Mickey Saki, uh, Mohamed Mimoun. Best, best, hey, tell you what, there's a couple of good scraps on here, you know. Mohamed Mimoun against Darren Surtees was a good fight. Logan Yoon, Chukwu thinks he's going to go places. Maybe into the scrap heap. I thought he was a worthy ah. um, loser to O'Hara Davis. If he, had, if he hadn't got a decent chin on him, Yoon, he would have got knocked out a couple of rounds earlier. I'm going for O'Hara to win the whole tournament, personally. Anybody want to jump in on this? Moon. Yeah, 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 he can bypass me with that shit. I ain't watching that. Fucking the, the Black Quitter. Come on. Think about that. No, it was alright, man. It was, it was alright. It was good. Uh, I, I agree. There was some good fights on it. Um, Afori Geffen was good. Jeff Afori came in at two one day's notice and, uh, and went through. I thought he beat Geffen quite handedly, to be honest, by three points, four points, something like that. Um, Mimoon Surtees was good bear in mind Darren Surtees hasn't competed above area level and then he's gone in with essentially somebody who's fringe world level and dropped him I think it was in round 3 or something like that and it was it was a good shot as well but uh, Mimoon's class basically showed and, and, and he 
he beat up Surtees in the end, but he'll certainly come against... His ability to pick the punches, I felt it was. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and they, they were proper shots, weren't they, Steve? Because I don't think Mimoon is a massive puncher, but like you said, he, he, he took his time, wasn't worried, you know, about being dropped. Because I thought Surtees, I, I think he won the first three... Yeah, well, he did, he won the first three rounds. Um, but yeah, what's it called? Mimoon just... He upped the levels, I think, and it, it was a kick up the arse that he probably needed and, and well and truly outclassed uh, Darren Surtees. Uh, McKenna was far too good for that Mikey. Uh, is it Sachi or Saki or something like that? And, um, yeah, O'Hara mm. Davis battered that Logan Yoon as well. Just, uh, as you say, Steve, if if it wasn't for his chin, it would have been lights out a long time ago. I see Mimoon uh, winning this outright. I... I can't go against somebody who's, you know, like more than competed at European level and you not know, has fallen short of fringe world level when O'Hara Davis is he he is what he is. I don't think he's technically great either. Um not a massive I don't particularly rate Tyrone McKenna to be honest. Uh, I think he could get stopped if um if he boxed Mamoon as well. Um, how does it work now? The um, the semi finals. Do they pick again, or were they just part of a draw? And you know it's going to be, you know, like X Mamoon against say Afori and McKenna against Davis. How, how do the semi finals work? Does anybody know? You know what? I have no idea. I was going to ask you the same thing. Yeah, I, I'm not too sure. I, I mean, the fight I think everybody wants to see is McKenna Davis. Um, they've had a lot of stick, you know, like out of the ring and things like that, and you know, have come to blows in car parks and things like that at shows. So, if uh, the only fixing I want to see is that it's McKenna against Davis, that's the only bit of um, match fixing that I want to see. And then it'll obviously be Mamoon against Afori. But fair play to that Afori as well. He boxed the week before, and it would have been easy, you know, like for him to, you know, just naturally chill after a fight, have you know, eat some nice food beers etc but he got the opportunity and fair play he's, he's in the semi-finals and I think it's quite good money apparently for uh, in these sort of tournaments as well so good on him yeah the money's good I think O'Hara is my favourite he's very awkward to box against he has those long arms and the way he pushes himself to the side he's always side on so he's hard, he's hard to catch clean now at times it because he's side on to the left it means he has to really come across to throw that looping overhand right and someone decent like Josh Taylor did will be able to time him I think and turn him at times he ended up with his back to Yoon because of that it was Yoon's chin that kept him in it wasn't that impressed with him I think he had the fundamentals pretty well down but he wasn't a, a, you know it was his he hadn't got really any punch power to keep down Davis off him and he wasn't able to get past Davis's left hooks and right hands so Mimoon, Davis, probably the two front runners for me, McKenna as well, Afori's definitely the one on the outside uh, wrapping Rob Kelly, big news for you next weekend over in the Yuhuru Stadium one time Joaquinio returns against Arnel oh, yes. Tinampe who next? <laughs> yeah, well, that's well you know what Rob, he's been busy bank, he's been busy yeah. he, he, he won the vacant UBO international title in 2018, so that should be on the line, hopefully. <laughs> the UBO. <laughs> Unidentified boxing organisation. You're going to find him in Roswell somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Storming the gates. Has Prince Patel boxed for a UBO belt before, do we know? I believe so. If not, him and uh, Dr. Hitman, that's um, that's another title that they can go after and go and conquer the uh, 
the strong UBO rankings in the respective weight divisions. So yeah, let's uh, let me see. Um, I'm just on his record now. So he's boxed for the African Boxing Union bantamweight title, the WBF, the vacant Actually. Tanzania pugilistic syndicate of bantam title. Um, he's not. He's not Steve. Oh, he has. He has. He's won. He has won the vacant. He won the vacant UBO Intercontinental Bantam title against Zolt Sarkozy. So Prince Patel is well well aware of the uh, these fancy belts. So uh, Hassan Maquino is uh, clearly in the same uh, camp as him. Absolutely. Maybe one day we'll have our thief, Prince Patel and Hassan, all on the same card. We can dream about that. Uh, next Friday evening, this is a, a Jason Chukwu card, if you've ever heard one. Mickey Elliott is putting on Philip Bowes against Akeem Ennis Brown. This is actually a really good fight. Commonwealth title on the vacant British super lightweight title on the line. Unbeaten Ennis Brown against 20-3, and three, improving Philip Bowes. So good luck to both of those guys. Tommy Frank on free sports next Friday night as well, going in against... Oh, someone 15, 11 and 4. I think I'll give that a swerve, to be honest with you. Anthony Mundine's returning against John Wayne Parr. Why? Who knows? Let's swerve that also. Andy, you're going to hate me for this. It's got it all about Monaco, baby. Joe Cordina. Zhilai <laughs> <laughs> Zhang. <laughs> Huey Fury. Oh, my God. What was it Lee the Alcoholic Fox said the other week? Would you rather lick Huey Fury up the back? Uh, or watch this Monaco card. You might, can you imagine if you did that? Would it be like you know those people who go to the Amazon rainforest and lick frogs and like? Would it have like a psychedelic effect on you, Andy? And you could watch, no. watch the card. The Ayakuza <laughs> Fury. I, I, Cambo. Ayahuasca. I would rather lick his back with his spots bleeding than watch this card. As I say to my, my wife that I like, you know, Braco's hiding the card next week. So, you know, she gets a chance, she gets a chance to see the, the Norwegian great fight on British television. You know, that, that, that heavyweight, that Chinese fucking trash bag that they're bringing in here. Who's he fighting? Cosmin. Uh, Andrew Rodenko, I think he fought. Uh... Oh, right. It says Andrew oh, Rodenko. Oh, you should have that Z-Late bang against Sergei Kuzmin, but that's... Uh, it is. It's Denko, yeah. Lucas Brown beat him. Huey Fury's <laughs> beat this guy as well. You reckon if Andy licked Huey Fury's back, he'd start talking like Joe Rogan? <laughs> if we all into the DMP. <laughs> Deontay Wilder's got scary power, dude. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, man. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Um... <laughs> You know what I like about Rogan? The only one of the only things I like about him when he's talking about fighters, he'll start doing sound effects. He's like, "Yeah, that guy's a monster. Like he'll hit you with a whap, whap, whap." Brilliant, mate. Brilliant. I suppose the main event, the uh, best Putin Butov, would be a probably the kind of main card. I mean, I suppose if you look at their look at their their, their records, that they're kind of main kind of classes prospects, even though they're kind of kicking around a bit. Title level, I guess, but is it no a regular WB pitch that they're fucking pitting on here? Is it maybe a vacant belt? I don't know, but uh, Puffy Bracus, I think she'll probably win. Why? Oh, it's Jordan Gill. Do you remember that on Sky earlier this year? Um. Try to think, was that one the. Get him to the body. That... 
So one of the next gen cards. Yes. Yeah. 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 He battered you. So I just pulled up his record. I see he's got an L to Devon Haney as well on points. So Mario Barrios is well on points. So that to me tells me he's durable. So I'm going to say, hmm, I'm going to go Cardino on points with uh, this one. Um, just just based off Haney and and the other guy going on points stuff like that, mate. But you know. That trash bag, as I say, Zeng, whoever the fuck he's fighting by, whatever the thinking is to put this guy in the card for whatever reason, whether it's for Huey Fury, Joshua, Dillian White, Joe Parker, that guy is fucking trash. And that's what I'm going to say. Undefeated. Don't care. <laughs> he is. I, I've, I've never seen one of these fights and stuff, but he is. And that other one, that Japanese one, is it? Fujimoto, what his fucking name is, or fucking Quasimodo, what his fucking name is. He oh, is fucking yeah, trash and all. He's trash. So Look that's all I'm going to say with that card, man. Fuck that pish. Garbage, isn't it? Go on, Ozzy. No, I have nothing else to say on it. I, I, I don't understand why they go to these monocot cards. It must be like some money-making or something like Tax, that. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, that... The, the woman uh, Brackhouse is in we've got battered off Katie Taylor um, Huey Fury Pavel so yeah really makes you want to get the passport out doesn't it he signs Brackhouse right the first fe- the first female undisputed champion at all time and she's still fighting trash like that you yeah. know this is what I'm saying again like a debt for women's boxing says she's a fucking Superstar in Norway. She's ex fuck. I don't countless times. Sp- no sports woman, sports person of the year in Norway for fucking like five years hard running, and she still can't get an, an, you know, a breakout fight. She was the one who got passed over by Ring Magazine for Ronda Rousey to become front cover. Think about it. So, to me, it doesn't matter what she does. She's never going to get her due. Never. Mm. Yeah, I have no interest in it next week. I mean. Cordine has just been dumped on there because I don't think they know what to do with him. He's dropping down in weight. Obviously, doesn't sell any tickets or something like that. And yeah, he's just having a jolly in Monaco. It's it's just uneventful, isn't it? I don't think anyone really. You, you're not going to stay in and watch it, are you? And I'm not even going to record it. No, I'll be more interested in the Russian card. Ruslan Pfeiffer against Yuri Kashinsky and the undefeated Kashinsky has a chance to win the Eurasian Boxing Parliament yeah. Cruiserweight title, one of our more famous titles. Well, we, um, that as well, but I also flagged you up earlier as well for a EBU external heavyweight title. Ooh. I trust you've seen that one, mate. I certainly did. That was sensational. Adam Smith's left. He's gone. The talks are taking over, Smido's baby. has gone, Andy. He doesn't want to talk about this. Doesn't want to talk about this. Doesn't want to talk about externals or Eurasians or anything like that. Take Ames in the chat. He's absolutely right. Next week is all about Midlands mayhem. I was in Lisbon Leisure Centre earlier taking my son swimming and I'm sure I saw Anthony Kakachi walking past. 99% sure it was him. He's fighting against the mighty... Sam Bowen, also Zolani Tete is in action. Chris Jenkins against Liam Taylor. Lerone Richards, Lennox Clark. Sam Maxwell against Connor Parker. Really good card. Let's preview it now in episode 350 of The Nuthouse. Smido's gone. Andy's still with us. So is Rob. So is Ozzy. He's unmuted, unsheathed, ready to go in. Which will be the headliner and which will be the fight of the night, Ozzy? 
Tete Casimiro will be the headliner, um, naturally, world title. Um, it's time to bring Tete time back, isn't it? Um, real shame he fell out of the uh, the World Boxing Super Series. But this is a good fight, this. Certainly won't be easy. Uh, and if Tete can deal with Casimiro in emphatic fashion, then it'll be a bit of a statement. And then, look, I think um, you'd happily say that after that, you'd want all roads lead to uh, in a way. Um, whether that can somehow happen over here or Tete travels uh, over to America, not too sure. Um, I just hope Tete doesn't get in, you know. I, I always felt he had a habit, you know, of just getting into, you know, like a bit of a, a bit boring, to be honest, you know, and just, it was just too easy at times. And look, he, he looked great when we first saw him against Butler, but then at other times he was just quite boring to watch and a bit one-paced. Um after that, there's some great fights on it. Um, I haven't seen a lot of Conor Parker, um, but Sam Maxwell we saw last time can be hurt badly off that French guy. Uh, Parker, 12-0, I think he's won area title levels. That That's evenly matched. That could be good. Um, that Hamza Shiraz is fighting Ryan Kelly um, on the undercard. That's a great fight, that. And if, if Shiraz isn't on... If, if the weight doesn't do... Um, isn't too much of a deciding factor. I think Kelly could pull off an upset there because he's um, he's decent. And I was surprised Shiraz took this fight. The weight just being maybe a touch too much uh, for Kelly because I think he can. I think he made one forty at one point and naturally a career one four seven. Lerone Richards, Lennox Clark. R- Richards is class. He's very good. Um, just he isn't you know like one for the public eye. He, he's an excellent boxer. Um, just sadly that it doesn't always, you know, get the, the juices flowing for your more casual fans. Jenkins Taylor will be a war. That will be excellent. Um, I expect to see a lot of cuts in that. Fingers crossed it doesn't decide, you know, or ruin the fight after a couple of rounds. Uh, Taylor's bided his time. I think he's been mandatory for about 18 months. Um, but he's decent. Uh, John Evans speaks really highly of him and rates the lad as well. Um, I've no doubt that I'll be backing Taylor for the win, particularly with the bookies as well. Uh, and Jenkins has got a good story behind him. Again, has not had you know like favourable decisions, didn't get the rub of the green, or you know like cuts have ruined his career at times. And this is a good fight. And then you've got Boeing Kakachi. Um, I like Boeing. Uh, big big fan. Um, decent style. Can hit hard. Uh, but I've heard lots of good things about Kakachi as well, and you'll know a hell of a lot more about him than I will, Steve, because um, he's over at York, from your neck of the woods. But I think at times people have been frustrated with him because he just doesn't have the dedication to the sport, and if he did, he'd be a hell of a threat. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Kakachi never really lived the life as an amateur. At times, he hasn't done as a pro. He showed uh, glimpses of his talent. He's a big puncher. He's very skilled, but just about the discipline. If he can knuckle down, then he can definitely win titles. I don't go along with the robbery against Ward. I thought it was a close fight. Don't argue with Ward getting the decision. This is his chance now. He has to take this against Boeing. I think he'll give Boeing a really good fight, but if he's not switched on, he's going to be coming out on the wrong end again. Yeah. Yeah, um, and look, it's a big fight for Bowen because there's a hell of a lot of fights, you know, knocking around. You got Zelfa Barrett, Archie Sharp, um, particularly moving on up, you know, like past British level. You've got, you know, um, I think with Stephen Smith coming back, I think a fight for Bowen, a good fight for Bowen, would be Stephen Smith. 
uh, I think it's a fight that he can win. And it'll be a relatively, you know, decent name, for, you know, like uh, around a British European level, you know, on his record. Uh, I think he could do a number on Smith. Um, but overall, the card's decent. There is six competitive fights on there. Um, I, I don't see what more you want, really. Uh, three British titles, world title, and a couple of um, WBO belts, which aren't really relevant. Um, it's more the you know the opponents and the um, and the you know the, the two lads in the ring. The belts just a bit on the side, but no good good card. Um, what I'm looking forward to. I just hope it doesn't go until one o'clock in the morning. Absolutely, it will go on until 1 o'clock in the morning. We all know that. Rapping Bob Kelly, one person who won't be watching it till 1 o'clock in the morning is you. I'm going to give you a bit of credit. I think there's a couple of fights that maybe would take you interest on here. Sam Bowen against Anthony Kikachi and even Tete against Casimero (laughs) might get you interested, Rob. Come on. Not a hope. Not a hope, man. I only want to watch the best fight. I've been watching fights for so long. I only want to watch the world's best fighters fight. So occasionally I'll get invested in someone's story and I come up. But generally, I only want to watch world title fights. I'm not interested in anything at domestic level. And if that makes me a casual, so be it. Because the way it's gone at the moment, I couldn't give a fuck anyway because it's all a joke. Um, but no, on a serious note, no, I really am like that. Like I don't, I don't, I tend not to watch a lot of domestic fights. Like, so I won't be watching that one either. But if it's a good, like if it gets good reports, well, I if must admit, it's a good scrap, I'll go and watch it then back. But I'm not going to sit mm. and watch it or nothing. Yeah, I've gone sort of that way myself. I know Andy has, to a certain extent, cut back on a lot of the shit and just focused on the good stuff. But a, fo- a card like this, I'll be honest, I will stay in and watch this. I think this is a good show. So I wouldn't limit it to just strictly world-class stuff. I will watch this card probably from beginning to end. Andy, I don't know whether you're going to make a mockery of me now and say there's absolutely no chance in hell you're watching this, but maybe there's a couple of fights of interest. Midlands Mayhem. What card is that? There's a Tete card. <laughs> Sorry, I was, yeah. uh, I was, I've actually just watched a couple of highlights there actually, so, uh, he said, uh, Tete Casemiro, that's the one, eh? yeah, Casemiro, um, uh, he's the one who beat Edwards and beat, uh, who the fuck was it, it was uh, the Thai guy, fucking nut job, done time in jail, Rung Rong, oh, Rung uh, Rong, so, oh, um, yeah. Tete, for me, it's like, what you done for me lately? You know, he's never impressed me his last two fights. And I was there live in Belfast for the, the Narvaez fight, who, let's be honest, is a career super flyweight. And Tete is a fucking huge bantamweight dude. And he just didn't fuck all. Didn't, did nothing, nothing inspired me. So, unless... Um, I'm, I'm going to say it's a points fight. And I'm going to say Tete maybe just steals it on the cards but Casimiro definitely a live dog um, Aussie obviously kind of broke down the card in kind of greater detail um, you're right Steve you know we've got a lot of fights over a lot of a lot of networks and stuff and I'm getting to a point where is I'd rather just pick out divisions or a fighter that I actually want to follow because the shite some of the shite but again you know We've mentioned before, what Eddie Hearn's serving up for these American cards is borderline firing fight cards in the UK. Um, this is... At the minute, as this card goes ahead and stuff like that, I know there are a lot of title fights on it and stuff like that. Um, I will tune in and watch it for that, for that as well, but for that purpose and that, but Casimiro Tete is a fight I'm, go- I'm going to be hopefully watching, but 
I'm not going to be watching him make any detail to honestly. Sam Maxwell, I suppose, he, he's in the card as well. He had that great turnaround victory against that guy. Hmm. Was it Sideri or Sa- Sabiri, what his fucking name was and stuff like that. So I might tune in, tune in to watch him, but nah, other than that, mate. <laughs> Eddie, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> fucking nothing, man. You fucking freak. <laughs> Well, they all laughed at me before, but I said there's too much boxing on TV at the moment. It means we've got a lot of quantity and not so much quality. They're pushing fights to headline slots and what have you. That wouldn't have even been televised a few years ago, so that's just the way it is. Rob, I, neg- I neglected to mention a question earlier from Terry Woodfine. It's a two, two-pronged question, so I'm going to throw this at you right now. Going back to Callum Smith against John Ryder, he wants to get your opinion. I know that uh, saying Smith is average might seem harsh, but everything he does is average. He's a huge guy at super middleweight, but his power is average. Average speed skills, in my opinion. His best win is over one-armed Groves, hyped because he's the best of a bad bunch. Hold on, Rob, there's a second part here. So how good is Callum Smith? Where would he stand amongst the super middleweight elite? I genuinely believe he's average and he's top of a shite division. Well, I think I kind of already answered this one, Steve, if you're paying attention. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> I don't think he's the... I don't think he's the best 168-pounder if Canelo's a 168-pounder. Like, um, I think oh, last night he looked you? like he couldn't figure Ryder out. Which would indicate really that he hasn't got that much of a boxing IQ. Like he didn't try to really make any adjustments. I thought he looked very shook in round eleven. And if Canelo's going to get close to him, start whipping body shots to him and all that, it's just going to be cannon fodder. Like I think Canelo beats all the Smith brothers on the same night, Anfield or not. And it's just like I don't know. I think he's I think he's he's decent operator, but to me, there's nothing to see that I don't think Benitez that he would beat Benitez and. Um, Caleb Plant. I don't think he'd be Caleb Plant. Oh, and Billy Joe even. And uh, Billy Joe didn't look like shit the last night out. So maybe that's the fight for the two of them because he's not getting fucking Canelo. And then Canelo is not coming to Anfield. Tony Bellew, and he's not afraid of coming to Anfield either. Like the big fucking three hundred and sixty million dollar concrete. Oh, come on, let's do it now. You fucking rat in Anfield. Fuck off. Fucking hell, man. That is outrageous shit. Like. And that's the way they're selling fights now. Because every fighter that has a little bit of a fan base or a little bit of a local following, Eddie starts looking at the stadium and putting the stadium in the media. Oh, we're going to do it at St. James's Park. Oh, we'll do it at Upton Park. Oh, we could do it at Highbury. Fucking <laughs> the Emirates. We're going to do it at Old Trafford. We're doing it at Anfield. He's, the, he's just saying that shit. He knows fucking full well Canelo's not coming to Anfield. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, the only way Canelo's coming to Anfield is if he's part of some World Eleven charity football match. Where he's playing against like fucking the lad that used to be on the royal family and fucking Harvey from the Soul Solid crew, something like that. That's the only way Carlos come to fucking Anfield. Like, get him fucking gripped, assholes. <laughs> Canelo versus Fitzgerald at Preston. You never know, it could be coming soon. I think that's everything I've got. If I've missed you out this week, I do apologise. Anything anybody want to throw on, throw in, throw out? Before we get on to the Bellew of the Week's gentlemen, speak now. We're talking title fights next week, guy. You can mention anything you want, Andrew. Well, I was just wondering, like, so the title fights we mentioned, um, EBU External, what was the other one we mentioned? I mentioned it in the, the chat. The Eurasian Boxing Parliament. That's a Eurasian Boxing Parliament title. Fucking great times, baby. Great times. 
Great times indeed. Let's move on to episode 350, Belly of the Weeks. Rob's here, Ozzy's here, Andy's here. Ozzy's about to jump in. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't realise Frampton's back next weekend, isn't he? Didn't even I forgot about that. He's fighting that. Yeah. And the thing is, they see the guy that we all want to see him fighting. Fucking Oscar Valdez. He's actually fighting the guy who got knocked out by Shiver, who was meant to be fighting Carol Frampton. Oh, God, yeah, he is, yeah. <laughs> that's right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so... Um, it's Frampton up at... Well spotted, Ozzy. Well spotted. It's it's up here. Yeah, it's Frampton up at Super Feather for that. No, Feather. £128 catch weight. Ah, is that what See it that? is? The guy's fighting a lightweight though, eh? That's the thing. So, might be a tough night for him if, it's a, if he's a yeah, legit lightweight. Yeah, I wonder about that. Uh, I saw an interview with Bob Arum and he said um, that if Frampton comes through, he wants to go to uh, Windsor Park next summer and take Frampton against Jamal Herring there. July 12th. I'm not, I'd not pass on the day. Hi. Well, listen, this Tyler McCreary, I've seen him, I saw him in action against Jesse Chris Rosales, who got knocked out either side of the McCreary fight. He only won on a split decision, and he's not great. Frampton's going to beat him for sure. Can I say something? The July 12th next year is actually a Sunday, so the 11th might do, like, Hey, Rob. Yeah, go up, Storm. <laughs> Rob's not biting. He's no, he's no, he's no. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. I did, I did, miss, I missed that. What was that, Addy? He says, um, Ozzy was saying that apparently top ranker saying that Frampton maybe open air at uh, Windsor Stadium next uh, next next summer. I'm oh, saying July 12th, but apparently July. Yeah. Ju- July twelfth to Sunday, but they might hold it on the eleventh. Well, I never, I never get an invite. <laughs> so I don't think I'm there. <laughs> I'll fight you. I go, man. Let's say I have a bit of drum and I'd be here to that shit, man. <laughs> Do a few rhymes over. Why is it lovely doing? <laughs> bit of beatboxing, like Ali G with the Grandmaster. That's <laughs> <laughs> Ali G, man. <laughs> Right, boys. Yes, I neglected. Uh, Frampton was on the one of my tabs here, but I didn't manage to get in on time. There we are. That'll be enough for that. Let's go on to Belly of the Week then. First nomination I have came in for Ben Postlethwaite. <laughs> Kaiser Cobra has nominated Mr. Postlethwaite. Uh, talking about John Ryder against Callum Smith. Has John Ryder got a chance? Sky Sports asked before the fight. No chance, says Postlethwaite. Ryder is a bum. Every decent fighter he's fought, he's lost to. And only one of them was good in Billy Joe. Then he tagged in Billy Joe Saunders, just for good measure. Uh, all of the belts have put up a confirmed fight between Joe Joyce and Marco Hook. Jonathan Powell jumped in. Yes, it's the one we've been waiting for. Richard Lauder nominated him for that. Rob Harold's nominated Craigie 4436. If it wasn't for IFL TV, Coogan, Cassius and Umar, IFL Umar, I honestly don't believe I would enjoy boxing as much. The interviews during the week get me excited for fight night, and more importantly, with so many weight divisions, keep you up to date. Credit to Michael Benson on Twitter too. So a bit of a double-pronged award for him there. Uh, David uh, Almond, a friend of the pod, was talking about Ruiz Joshua. Ruiz, Joshua has terrible fundamentals, an accident waiting to happen. It just so happened against Ruiz, but was always going to. Justice for All jumped in and said, I disagree, David. The fundamentals worked well for him until he changed it prior to the Ruiz fight. He said he wanted to add a little bit of science, and he got some Navy SEAL to train him and added some psychologist in the camp. He is done with all that now and back to his fundamentals. So a nomination for science, psychology, and Navy SEALs. Psychologists in the camp. Yeah. 
No lines as a psychologist. Psychologist in the camp. <laughs> With Navy SEALs. Forget about Lions. Lion, it's all about Navy SEALs. Uh, Chris McKenna was tweeting about Ryan Martin failing a drugs, drugs test. William Lee has also nominated Ryan for failing said test. Friend of the pod, Jason Chukwu, I fell asleep. Has nominated Enzo Macarnelli for having Kieran Gething versus Jeff Afori <laughs> close when Afori was clearly winning. It must be a Welsh thing. This is an absolute cracker, everybody. On any other week, this would be my winner. Top Rank Boxing introduced a new feature. Hashtag yeah. Fantasy Fight Fridays. Uh, and their first one was nominated by uh, Danny Robson amongst everybody else, Andy. Eric Terrible uh, Morales against Shakur Stevenson. Who would you have awful. if the division's newest champion and a prime featherweight Eric Morales uh, cross paths so not any old Morales not a Maidana or a Danny Garcia versus Morales a prime featherweight Maida- uh, Morales against Shakur oh. Stevenson who would you have <laughs> who would I have <laughs> by the way can I just say something by the way they'd be bit, they'd be bit, they don't need to have an ambulance on, on, on duty that night they need fucking Gil Grissom and CSI detectives because Morales between 122 and 130, 135. Oh, that's a push. 130. He's a fucking animal. Oh, Stevenson. Fuck it. Come on. <laughs> bathroom. I'd watch it. I tell you, that was. I'd watch it. <laughs> I mean, the, the absolute disrespect shown to a guy who was born, I, I know, as I says, a savage. I, I don't know him in Mexico, right? But the slums of Tijuana, I can imagine. It's, no, it's less than pleasant. Right, right. You've got, to, you've got to demonstrate. You've got to demonstrate certain character traits to get out of a situation like that. And that means beating shit like Shakur Stevenson, and I mean beating shit like Shakur Stevenson. That Daniel Saragosa, Marco Antonio Barrera, and his peak. Fuck off! Seriously, fuck off. He fucking obliterated him. Let me put that into context for you. I was in Mexico before, but I was in Cancun, like the party pad. And it was all party, and everyone's party, and you're tipping the barman a dollar, and he's like, <gasps> and then you get outside, you get the bus, and you see families bathing in the river. So I'll give you an indicator, just a small indicator of how tough fucking Tijuana yeah, was. Like. And yeah, then you you're, yeah, because you imagine what, what Morales would have done to him in light of this footage of him hitting a woman. Woo! He would have given him an evil beatdown, man. Who was that opponent where he lauded it over, my friend? Knocked it out, knocked him out. I I forget who it was. He, he stood over him and kind of flexed stood his muscles. Over him, yeah, they had, had real bad blood in the in the build up to it, and he really let him have it afterwards. Like, it wasn't good to your was it? No, it may have been that one. It actually, might have been him, yeah. But I remember was he, 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 he was throwing punches against Pereira and away and stuff like. That. I mean, come on, Morales obliterated Chico Stevenson, obliterated him, made bits of him, like made bits. Of him. Uh, okay, let's say let's put it a different perspective then. I remember people fearing for his life when he fought Maidana. And what did he do to Maidana? He made him look... Or- I-, I wouldn't say... I probably ordinary is maybe the... No, ah, I wouldn't say ordinary is probably the wrong he thing to say. But you know yeah, he definitely did. He you definitely know what I'm saying? It was pre-Maidana pre- with Garcia, wasn't he? He still wasn't with Robert Garcia and he was basically Badly swore I after the first round and you're like, that's it, fight's over. What does he do? Old man's him. Old man's mm. I had that drawn in, but oh, what a performance by, great by performance, old man. Yeah. His last, his last great performance. Like. Shakur Stevenson, who's been 
who's been fast tracked to the to the We Bob organization fucking title by the way. Let's let's be let's let's be all the way one thousand about this. Morales would fucking kill him by the way, and I mean that respectfully. Yeah, it is a ridiculous nomination. I'm sure they must have been trying something. You got Shakur Stevenson who picked up a vacant title. A vacant title against the lacklustre Joet Gonzalez. Best win is a woman in a petrol station going in against a prime Eric Morales. I mean, this isn't just us being like hardcore helmet fanboys. Prime Morales, like, it's just just ridiculous. Savage, Steve. Mr. Steve, savage. Moving Moving on, Anthony Joshua has been nominated for drawing a chubby picture of Andy Ruiz. Uh, we got a like off Mike Coppinger during the week, actually, for giving John Ryder his props. Uh, Lee Wilson, can we have a belly of the week for Paul Smith's interview? That moron is not watching the same fight as me. Indeed, they went to Smigger, and he had our kid up about seven rounds to one. Callum against John Ryder, halfway through the fight. Very um, you know, great perspective from Smigger there. A couple of nominations from Jason Chukwu. Firstly, nomination for Mark Lyson, the referee, for allowing Craig Glover to continue after the second knockdown against Chris Billum Smith. Totally agree with Andy Lee. The shocking, the refereeing was shocking. And another one for Tony Bellew during any card, including this one, for being a cheerleader when it comes to Liverpool fighters and for not being impartial. Dr. Nuno has nominated Terence Crawford, 2020, me against Floyd Mayweather. Why not? Yeah, I'm sick of Mayweather. Stop putting yourself in the headlines. Either fight or don't fight, you dick. Uh, Cholo, that's Andy. Michael Alexander, Andy, is from the United King, according to Michael Buffer. Who's in better shape, Michael Buffer or James Tony? Because Buffer's washed. Aye, <laughs> well, eh, I'll go for Tony in this instance, like because Buffer is <laughs> mega washed, man. Fuck it, he he needs to call it. He must be getting made mega millions to fucking be the sole comment eh, presenter for fucking Hearn. He's washed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely done. Uh, Paco has nominated, <clears throat> excuse me everybody, Andy Lee. I used to enjoy his punditry, but I can't believe what a company man he's turned into. Awful all night was commentating on a pre-planned outcome and wouldn't stray from it. Greg, Greg Cross has nominated, honestly, belly of the week for boxing tonight. Fucking fuming. Those cards were atrocious. Hashtag justice for John. Smido nominated Bellew. Given the award now, absolute melon. Uh, Guillermo Quitondo was nominated Sky Sports last night for putting up Kais Ashfak next to a random fighter. Fucking hell, Ashfak wasn't even on the card. How do you fuck this up? Putting up the wrong graphic there, Sky Sports. S. Dev again has nominated Tony Bellew afterwards for saying about Canelo. Come to me. Come to Liverpool, Canelo. Smith's the A-side. Uh, Peter Kepi as well. Bellew has to have this week's award sewn up. No danger for saying post-fight that Canelo won't want to face a hungry young fighter like Callum Smith. Smith is three months older than Canelo, says Peter Kepi. I'm sure other people have sent me ones, but that's all the ones I've got for now. Anybody else want to throw anything else in, Aussie? Starting with you, any nominations? Late one in for cut there, guys. Um, no, I don't. For himself for not coming on. <laughs> oh. I'm brutal now. No more messing about now, Andy. Yeah, I'm coming on the pod, but he's coming on something. Yeah, over those uh, Botox lips, maybe. <laughs> right, I, I've seen <laughs> Kevin Mitchell um, put out a tweet supporting John Ryder saying it was a joke and a robbery, and who piped up? Liverpool's Tasha Jonas, also part of the uh, the Gallagher gang. And, uh, well, that's what Kurt put up, mate, there. Oh, Sorry, is that what you just were... put up? I've just yeah. seen 
tweet from it. So she's put up saying, um, basically, the boxing public underestimated him, but Callum and Joe um, didn't underestimate John. She then put up a punch stats um, to try and support her argument, and the punch stats show Ew. that uh, John uh, basically won eight rounds to four on punch stats, or on power shots alone, ten rounds to two. So uh, well done, Tasha. You've uh, you flawed your own argument there, Bint. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Jonas. Bint claim from Aussie. Yeah. <laughs> Bint. <laughs> Go on. Bint. <laughs> Bint. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Come on, boys, Early. any nominations? Yes, I've got one for uh, Earl Spence. Did you see his bloodshot during the week there? What is bloodshot eye? Bloodshot eye. He looks like his skin graft. Aye, his skin graft fucking scars and that. Fucking hell, dude. If he comes back, period. Never mind if he was a fighter that he once was. If he enters the ring again, I will be mega surprised. If he's anything close to but his peak, fuck, he's on the juice. But, dude, again, you're blessed. Fucking seriously, and I hate that term, but he is blessed beyond belief. Um, I want to put in, um, obviously, I don't mind getting interrupted for, for John Ryder, but just go, go back to Lewis Neri for a bit. I want to put in for Belly of the Week in that as well, because Manny Rodriguez owned his fucking arse, big style. Can we just say this? Because this, this self-important, self-entitled wee arsehole thinks that he can just fucking... Just wander about that he wants. I'm going to earn three hundred thousand dollars to Manny Rodriguez's seventy-five thousand. Give me all day, guys. I'm going to miss weight by one pound. I can't be fucking bothered by making weight again. Give me all day. I'll pay Manny Rodriguez just to fucking you know just a wee tide over some you know maybe twenty thousand, maybe thirty thousand dollars. Not a lot of money. I mean, I've got thirty thousand dollars coming. A wee bit of tax. Pay my cornerman. I'm clearing at least maybe say quarter million easily. Nah, baby, no account to Manny Rodriguez because he's decided he's not playing fucking ball with you because he cares what you're all about. He cares that you're fucking stay, you're gaming away. He cares you're fucking on the steroids and stuff. He cares that you're fucking got that, that, can we just say, Steve, sorry, put us in here about this VADA, WADA, sorry, protocol that China, fighters from China, Mexico, and somewhere in Central America, I, I want to say Honduras, I might be wrong with that, they have been told by WADA if they fail drug tests for clenbuterol, it must be under a certain amount, and if it is, they will be classed to be negative for a drugs test, right? So this wee dick has now got a ready-made excuse for failing tests for clenbuterol, which can be used for fucking stripping weight, right? No, this guy, is, his shit's been called, he's missed weight, drugs tests... And he's tried to buy himself, like Floyd Mayweather did against Marquez, into a fucking fight. And Manny's just said, no, I ain't playing ball with you. And fair play to the guy, because he's lost $75,000 as well. A training camp, having to pay his expenses, probably flights and hotels. He's probably in America and that as well. Having to pay his family to come across and that. So he's out of pocket. But he's decided, nah, mm. if I'm out of pocket, Ned's out of pocket as well. Fuck you. Six-figure six, six sum down the fucking swanee. Fuck Lewis Neri. Absolutely. Ozzy, you got something to say there, sir? 
No, I'm negative. I just didn't mute myself. Negative? That's not something you hear in boxing these days very often, is it? <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. going to say that, mate. It's, 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 Where's it's, the B it's, sample? Yeah, mate. Listen, I've said it before. Boxing is sweet science, but it's less, it's less sweet and more science these days. Shit. Boxing, you're a hater! Rapping Rob Kelly's out of North, he's disappeared. Uh, it's got to be... Has everybody done, put their nominations in, Rob? Uh, Do you have any nominations? Yeah, I had to give uh, a special one for Perio this week, like, for his own award. Like, absolutely on fire. And not only that, not only his performance on the fucking uh, Smith Rider show, but he was asked uh, during the week in this uh, Behind the Gloves where they had Bellew in, David Hay, uh, Polly Malanazzi and Carl Frotch and Johnny Nelson all talking about Ruiz Joshua. And they asked everybody for a one-word answer, who's going to win? And remarkably, all five of them said AJ. Um, but <laughs> Bellew was the only one that gave the one-word answer. He was like, AJ, straight away. <laughs> Fucking shithead. He's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And Canelo coming down for You could see apples and pears getting behind that, couldn't you? Like getting Canelo to wear an Everton jersey and come to the ring with fucking Lee Casley. Um, what a fucking joke. Like, um, yeah, so Bellew, <laughs> Bellew in particular this week to win his own award. Like, fucking prime example. Like, just leave him alone. Just leave him alone. Leave his him alone. name's Anthony, just not Tony. Just leave him alone, indeed. Well, his name's Anthony. Crying like a little bitch. Not Tony. Anthony, Ladies and gentlemen, it's my great pleasure to announce, joining on the call, Andy, is the one and only Gabriel Mohamed Lewis Sr. How are you, Gabe? Oh, he's like a little the puppy. Great. <laughs> How's it going, fellas? <laughs> Gabe, you're about two hours late. Hate to break it to you. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I knew I was going to be late. You do a dual girl. Better <laughs> late than never. Deontay Wilder. What happened, Gabe? Tell us. Tell us your lowdown on the big Arkansas. Is he from? Where's he? No, Alabama. <laughs> Bell you the week for me. Go on, Gabe. What about Wilder Ortiz? I thought I Ortiz was doing really good, controlling the fight, controlling everything about the fight. And then in one foul swoop, he got turned just wrong. And I think you saw what Wilder's been working on. Probably in the gym was straightening out that right hand a little bit uh, and not telegraphing it so much. And he caught him right upside the head. I mean, right in the forehead. Beautiful punch, and Wilder, or, uh, excuse me, Ortiz. Even though he was trying to look stone faced, his eyes told the tale. And good fight. I mean, that was a, a, an interesting fight because Ortiz. I had him up. Uh, what round did it in? Five to one. The seventh round, sixth round. Uh, I know I only had uh, Wilder with one round. I thought Ortiz was controlling pretty much the whole thing. If he just uh, hadn't have been unfortunate there, but I mean that just shows you the the how level the playing field is whenever Wilder's right hand is involved. I mean, what a tremendous punch. It wasn't even well-placed, I don't think. Uh, Well-timed, maybe, but not not you know where he probably wanted to land. But it landed well. That's all we needed. That's all she wrote. Wilder knocking out Ortiz. Theme for the weekend. You're on the Bellew of the Weeks, everybody. Ozzy, who are you going for? I'm going for Anthony Bellew this week. Who's got your vote? Oh, yeah, that wanker Bellew, without a doubt. That's two for Tone. Andy, another one for Tony for you. Make it a threesome. Yeah, I can probably go for Tony as well. No, Lewis Nery's a kind of close saying. That's more serious, actually. But Tony is just, like, proper homeboy, plus, you know, 
Glover took a huge L there last night as well, so it wasn't a good round for Tony. I think he had one fight on the card, maybe one as well, but nah, Tony's just, leave him alone, alright, just leave him oh, alone for fuck's rats. sake. Oh, by the way, can I just say something to Eddie Hearn? Evening, Eddie. Evening, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, Eddie, hey, what have you done for me lately? Oh, girl, you couldn't. Can I just say something, man? Can I just put a bell with a beat in for uh, Anthony Joshua's uh, black eye? Did he got picked up his spam? Joshua's been on a bad one this week as well, hasn't he? Wants the world to bow at his feet now. Oh, and beats God, Ruiz yeah, and He's on a crazy yeah. one. Like Ruiz living in his head, man. Living in it. Living in America. Yeah, he wants, if he beats somebody Ruiz, he wants people to bow down at his feet and show him respect. What a nutcase. You're right. He's my life. mentally gone. He is mentally gone before five weeks even one, arrive. There is only yeah. one man who was born from his mother's vagina could come out and say that. Such a, such a, such a statement. And will never be beaten. You know who I'm talking about. Andy, did you notice yeah. during the week something about your idol and friend Roberto Duran? He's now oh, registered as an official Bieber. Bieber coach. I didn't see that because he's coming across to the UK to carry out some sort of training course or some gym events. So as a result of that, you've got to be licensed but under British rules or something. I think so. So I Bieber's licensed the guy. I've seen that during the week there, right? It's got to be Bellew this week. Like, Go on then, Robbie, you going for Bellew of the week? It's got to be Bellew. Like, got to be Bellew for his comparison alone to when Floyd Mayweather beat Marcus Maidana, everybody gave Maidana more rounds because he did, they did better than they expected. First of all, no, they didn't. Maidana won a fair share of rounds in that fight. Anyone with eyes can see that. And second of all, anyone with eyes can see that Ryder was the winner last night. So to sit there and say that Smith was landing the heavier shots and uh, won more of those shots, he was going to knock Ryder out. When? Just pathetic, like just pathetic, and leave him alone. It's not like he's available to do behind the gloves for a heavyweight contest, uh, for the heavyweight title of the world to give his insights there. Leave him alone. He just wants to be left alone. That fucking prick. Let's do it right now, you fucking rats. <laughs> there you go, Tony. The belly of the week is indeed named after you. You are the winner this week of the esteemed belly of the week for episode three hundred and fifty. Thank you to everybody who's jumped on this evening. We shall finish up now. Andy Patterson's be with us as usual. Ozzy Smith, Gabe Lewis jumped on at the end, offering his advice and words of wisdom. Not to be sniffed at, by the way. Patreon subscribers. Patreon subscribers, 350, not to be sniffed at. Just saying there, like, you know what I mean? 350 episodes on a Sunday night. A bad going. Coming in your ears every Sunday evening. 351 will be next week, naturally. That's the way numbers work. That's over a year of Sundays. Yeah, get your wallets out, you bastards. Anyway, uh, we had a couple of guests on John Ryder coming on, explaining his defeat to Callum Smith. Also, Liam Dillon, good luck to him next week. Fighting for the English Super Featherweight title over in Steve Goodwin's show. We'll get Liam on again in the future. Been messaging him back and forward. Good guy. As I said, back for next week, episode 351. Like, subscribe, do all those things if you want to. Five stars. Leave us a funny five-star review on iTunes and I'll read it out next week. The funnier, the better. Give us some abuse. Give us a bit of a, We haven't had a, bit of a good, good bit of abuse lately, so uh, make your abuse known. Uh, Gabe Lewis, thanks to you as well. I think I mentioned that already. I've been Steve Wellings. Catch you all again, same time, same place next week. Bye.
Sports Social Podcast Network.